Hey everybody and welcome to episode 119 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So guys and girls, welcome back to the show, episode 119, and this is going to be part two with Nico Becker. We've uh, decided to have a, the second ep- the second part of this, say, second episode, the second part of our conversation. We go deep into a lot of stuff, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, just to cover a few things, you know, uh, as always, show sponsored by www.reviveyourself.com co to be heading over there we've got our shop which has got some great supplements for you covering everything from you know full spectrum um full spectrum products like living fuel which are the best all-round products on the market by none um and we've got probiotics over there green drinks we've got chemical free sunscreen from dr mccullough for any of you guys or girls that are looking to go away soon um you know don't want to be putting toxic chemicals on your skin they they're the things that cause cancer not the sun you know the sun (laughs) protects you from 16 different types of cancer um obviously don't get burnt you want to wear a hat and stuff cover your face but you can spend 20 to like or more minutes in the sun depending on how dark you are the darker you are the longer you can get away with then you can put your sunblock on badger also do a great sun cream uh sun care um sit uh sun care um products as well yeah they do some great ones and you can use coconut oil as a base layer that's a, that's a factor six or seven depending on how um, dark you are so you've got that as well uh, as well as we've got our Aries Tech EMF blocking devices on site and we have got um, the Aquatair full house filtration systems uh, if you've got one two three or four bed house or soft or hard water whatever you've got we've got you covered there so you can uh, use that uh, you can go to www.reviveyourself.co, click on the shop link, and you'll get uh, all the products we've got there. I added a few different things. They've also got a great oxygen-based bowel cleanser, um, oxy powder from the Global Healing Center, which is there as well. That's been added to the to the products. Um, so you got that there too, which would be awesome. Uh, anyway, on to today's show. Today we have got Nico Becker back. You know, it's been one of my favorite conversations. So much fun to shoot. I'm sure you guys would enjoy it too. We covered lots of topics. We go deep into, you know, spirituality, legacy, um, people's legacy, people's passion, uh, the four shamanic questions we go into you know religion and how cultures are mixing and maybe what it means for western eastern uh, societies and civilization so it's a great conversation so without further ado here's nico enjoy and i'll see you on the other side it looks a lot lighter a lot sunnier there than it is here <laughs> yeah yeah it's quite good weather yeah. last i think last week it was quite sunny quite well, warm nice yeah we had well it's actually quite all right, Saturday. Um, Sunday was okay, but today it's just been raining non-stop, which is, uh, yeah, a little bit depressing. But it's okay. We'll get there. It's not cold. It's not too bad. But, um, yeah, man. So, awesome having a chat last week. And then, 
this week uh, I want to get into a few uh, deeper bits but I've seen you've uh, been travelling a bit this last week right been up and down a bit uh, just a little bit I'm visiting family and going around but yeah. nothing outside of Germany so oh. yeah I see you did a bit on the was it autobahn was it on the autobahn yeah yeah definitely yeah, yeah. yeah we got them lots here in Germany so yeah. if you want to, to travel some I don't know 30 kilometers or something yeah. you have to go on that yeah it seemed like yeah that's the uh, one thing we. there's no speed limits on the autobahn is there Sorry, there's no speed limits on the autobahn, is there? Uh, no, no. I, I mean, on, on on I would say 60% there is. It's one on 20, but we got there without any limit. Also, it's yeah. about 30 or 40%. Uh, um, you can just go 280 or whatever you want, or your car able to. 120 uh, kilometers. Kilometers, uh, yeah. Kilometers. Okay, what's that in front of Kilometers per hour to miles per hour. I think that's probably about eighty. Um, I think it's seventy miles. 70, around, 70, around. Seventy-four. I've got here seventy-four, but it's okay. It's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty quick. Um, yeah, mate. So cool. I've got. Um, so we went into quite a lot of. I mean, we went into quite a lot of stuff last week, but then you're saying like you like we didn't get touched on the deeper stuff. So um, we're talking about having a little message of it. Talking about things on the psyche, spirituality, um, perception of the world, ourselves, um, yeah. and also the soul. Uh, and a legacy which is quite interesting i just watched a uh it's interesting talk about the soul and even maybe things like re- religion and if you believe in that sort of stuff i was uh just listening to a really i was listening to two actually really good lectures uh just today and yesterday would be jordan peterson who he talks about uh you know jordan peterson right yes of course yeah um he talked he's talking about the question of like do you believe in god and he's like it's such it's like do you believe in god it, I'd, 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 um, he did it with the what was it the pro the pro, trying to think of the academy he was at he was at the Pranga Academy one of the ones he did at and um, and he, he was talking about like if if you believe in something you know it's easy to say so it's, I think it's that famous quote I can't remember who it's from but it's like um, to to know and not do means you don't truly know and he was saying how can I say I believe in God when you know, I think he said there. Uh, Nietzsche said there's only one true Christian was Christ, and he and he died on the cross. And he was saying like, how can I really say I believe in something when I know I don't bestow those virtues all the time? Does that does that make sense? And it's like, what what do you mean yeah. by God and we believe in it? So I think it's a really interesting conversation to have, especially around uh, spirituality. I mean, like, because I think a lot of us, uh, say, health coaches or People have been, been influenced by Paul Trek and just in, just in other things in the world. Like I'd say <clears throat> I'm not a very religious person, but spiritual, spiritual, much, much more. But as I've got, I went through a whole period of sort of like rejecting religion completely. And then uh, I'm sort of coming around to the idea of, of it. Yes, it's very stifling in some aspects, but it has got some good teachings for people just in like, because people take it very literally. But if you look at it from stories, um and like the myths and how i mean they're there for a reason right yeah they're, they're there for a reason they're par- par- parables and stuff and so interesting to think of your your thoughts on that sort of sort of uh sort of thing uh nico what do you, what, what's your views on religion and spirituality um it, it's a quite deep, deep topic so i love to dive into this um first of all what you said and what, what Jordan Peterson said reminds me of why I, I personally love Buddhism, because it's not based on any on any belief in particular. You don't have to believe in any God or something. That's mm-hmm. what I advocate for my clients as well, is we don't want to talk about something and then believe in it. We want to experience, bring 
a certain experience into our lives and that experience could be called spiritual. Um, and often I think people get quite confused when talking about spirituality itself because um, they have all these pictures in mind of, of God or Jesus Christ on the cross or the devil or other deities or other gods and other religions. But I think it's not really about that. It's, it's spirituality it has its part in the brain however you want to call that part. But there's a part in our brain which is um, related to our myth or the myth of the universe. Um, what is going on here? And that's a question that's in every one of us. Nobody can say that question is not inside of him. If it's not, it's a shadow. So it's just not seen by him. But every human being has the question of what the fuck is going on here inside of him. We, we are on a rock flying through the universe and it's totally crazy. I mean, just think about that. It's mm. totally crazy. So spirituality for me is more about what the hell is going on here? What, what are we doing here? And um, related to coaching, and last time we were talking a lot about holistic health um, and all the different aspects of holistic health. In my opinion, this question is really important because if your myth or your idea or your spirituality um, is not really empowering you, if it's a shadow or not, but if it's not empowering, meaning if it's not motivating you to live, if it's not making your life better in a certain sense, um, if it's not giving you passion, then what does it do? It's stopping you from living living fully. It's stopping you from expressing yourself fully. So to, to go a little bit deeper into this, what I mean with that is if you think that life is about nothing and pure nihilism, so yeah, we just came here somehow and very, very scientific materialism, um, and there's nothing in this world that has love in it or or good in it, however you want to call that. And many people call that God, but that, that word itself is so dirty, we could say, so used, so overused, mm -hmm. that it creates a big problem for, for people if we use that word. So we could just say some force um, or the zero force field. So if, if you don't believe in any force that's helping you in your life and you're totally lost alone in the universe – fighting against all the other humans and all the other animals here. You're pretty much in a, in a fight or flight mode all the time. You're in survival mode all the time. You're, you're pretty much still an animal living out your old animal behaviors and not more than that. And in, in my personal view, spirituality lifts us up. And then some people say that's why we are standing like plants. We're going through the spirit instead of being on all fours. Um, I can believe that or not. But um, the main idea is, is really to, to lift up from being an animal and then seeing something in the world. We can contemplate the world and what is going on here and getting in touch with it. And in my opinion, uh, meditation is, is a, a good way to, to, to do this. But many people um, misinterpret meditation for just sitting still on one's ass and, and having eyes closed. That's not what I mean. I mean, a, a deep flow state in, in sports Hey man, that's that's freaking spiritual. I mean, mm -hmm. you feel like everything is happening to you, and you're not doing it, and everything is happening from alone. Um, you can dance, and then while dancing, let let go so much that it's really a religious experience. Then another thing you've of course touched on is religion, and I think religion is really beautiful in many ways, um, but it's it's outdated how we use it today. In I would say 99% of 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 cases. Um, especially Christianity and, and um, Judaism and, and uh, Islam is really outdated. 
Um, we have churches that are really boring. I remember being a child and when I had to go to church, I was just sleeping in. It was so freaking boring and mm. I couldn't understand all the crazy rituals. All the rituals where we drink wine and eat this bread. It was all crazy for me as a child. But there's where we're coming to what you said, looking into things symbol symbolically. So there we have the Bible and Jesus walked on water. Jesus turned water into wine. Um, there are all these stories. And if we believe them literally, of course we are lost. And of course we are in a fight with intellectuals like Jordan Peterson. He's pretty much an intellectual and a really good one. That's why he can, um, why he's so good in, in um, conversations and discussions. Um, and then we have this conflict. But if we use these stories as a myth and a, as a symbol to show us something beautiful, like a movie, I mean, we can watch superhero movies and get something out of them, even if we can't fly ourselves. Mm -hmm. But it could be to grow over ourselves, to, to um, become better humans. Walking on water, what could that mean? I mean, there are different symbols. Water could represent the, the, um, um, the, the subconscious, the unconscious is a, is a normal symbol for water. And Jesus is walking on the water, so he's walking above his un unconscious could be one. Or we could say, okay, he's, he's um, doing something out of the norm. He's, he's doing something miraculous. And we all can do s such things. I mean, we can do healing. Um, all my doctors told me I can never do sports again. Everybody heard something like that. But we, we both know that with, with a lot of things, we can grow uh, higher than we thought we could in a certain way. I mean, what you're talking about there with, with like Jordan Peterson, for example, I like him because he had those discussions with Sam Harris, and Sam Harris is like massively atheist, like um, Darwin, and it's also why I like Robert Sheldrake because he talks about things in a different way. And uh, Jordan comes from a point of view of like he, I don't know if you've seen some of his lectures on, like even like Disney and Pinocchio, and he talks about what the, what what the symbols of like the wow is it's like that beast that you need to get out they need to it consumes you um he talks about like the lion king he's talking about the journey of simba and about how he has his hero's journey and he goes when he's and he's a child and he wants to and he meets timon and pumbaa and and they're just like his mates who are just like they're just being stupid like adolescents and and there's nothing worse really than being like a, a childish man at 40 you know you, you're going nowhere um it's nothing you see, there's nothing more sort of like um and what's the word not embarrassing but it's almost like a complete waste of life it's like a it's a, it's a tragedy you know to see someone like that rather than having and then he realizes like then the woman's there that, that energy sometimes is there to like direct you or someone's direct you and say like he was talking in this lecture today it's about when you meet your wife you don't want your wife to you live happily every afternoon she just sprinkles rose petals around she doesn't she she should be more in love with the person you can become rather than the person you are. And he's saying like when Simba meets, I think it's Layla, whatever the lioness again, and she's like, why aren't you taking your place as the rightful heir? We need you. And it pushes you. And he talks about it was he's got very very deep, a lot 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 deeper than what I got him talking about here. He goes into like Nietzsche and Carl, you know, talks about lots of things. And I think it's interesting when he's talking about God and he uses the symbol like symbols and um, he talks about Marxism and stuff, etc. Really interesting how he talks about it, and then you've got people like Sam Harris uh, who just think like we haven't got any free will, or Darwin just thinks it's all, it's all just all just nonsense. I don't. It's like and then you've got someone like Rupert Sheldrake who I don't know if you've seen Rupert Sheldrake's uh, TED talk that got banned because he was like talking about the he had ten points where he said that science 
it's like scientism. They won't go into the bit. It's 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 like oh, everything fits nice into place if we just believe in this miraculous big bang that happened at the start. And it's like talking about other things. And so, it's really interesting when you talk talk about. That. I mean, the thing is with like religion. If you take the, the you see this, this is the problem with like we talk about like Islam, for example. They take things literally. You've got radical Islam, and it, and it's, it's it's causing like it's not compatible with Western values at all. And that's and that's why um, what the Christians learn hundreds of years ago, you know, they've had to make it more manageable for the West, and same as like uh, Jewish religion, certain things. But I think it's there are some great things talking about it from the religion things you can take and you know, i was the same at church it was boring you know but if you if you get taught these stories or you get taught in a way that's that instead when you for example when you listen to jordan Peterson and talk these stories it's 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 really interesting it's deeply like it touches your 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 psyche in a way that other things don't you can't for example i think paul check said one of the verses he, he didn't understand when he's at church and he was singing like something like onward soldiers run what is it? What's the what's the what's the, what's the parable? He's saying like about how everyone should love everyone. Then he's saying Christ is like carrying the cross and saying like on your onward soldiers march to to war. And he's like, doesn't make sense. How can you love everyone then want to go to war? Um, and so it's it is like it can be very confusing for people. But if you take the the good parts of it, as you said, Buddhism, it's more about you, right? It's more about you being. What you're, it's, that's what I would say to people. All this ideology stuff, all this identity politics, and people want, wanting to be oppressed or. I'm a feminist or I'm in this. I mean, it's like, why don't you just be the best person you can be? And that's how you change the world. It's like when he was on a talk show the other day and was like, don't you think that we should be looking for these, to have these group identities because, you know, it's how we can deal with the bigger issues. And he's like, well, if you start with yourself, you'd be the best person you can be. If everyone did that, the world would be in a far better place, right? And I think that's something that, you can always look on the outside and be, oh, I'm, I'm I've been oppressed by this, or I haven't got as much as him. And yeah, if you you can always, um, you can always play the victim. I mean, you can always be a victim compared to someone else. But I think it's really important. Like once you start putting these things into your into your life and into your into your practices, like for example, you said about meditation or even movement. Or I mean, it's all. I mean, movement. You said it can be meditation or just like breathing things like that to get you in into a different understanding. I think we're so. We're so like um, in today's world, left brain logic. People forget about their intuition, forget about their gut feeling. They're all about, oh, does it make factual sense? It's like, well, as as Paul says quite a lot of the time, you know, oh, you, you, people say, oh, you can't measure that. That's that's unscientific. He said, well, do you believe in love? Yeah, well, we'll measure it. Go and get get out get out of system measure it. And so I think that's huge, and you know? we need to really. But uh, when is your intrinsic gut feeling ever really led you wrong? Um, sorry again. That I was said. When when has your intrinsic gut feeling ever really led you wrong? You know, when you think about your gut. You oh, know, ne- like- never, never. And that's that's really why I'm. I mean, I think what you're saying is so important because, um, as you said, we are all too much in the left brain, and what that essentially means, we are all much too much. Uh, we are all too much in ideas, caught mm-hmm. in ideas or concepts of something. Um, we see a bottle and di- directly think, oh, bottle. Or we see a stone, see, say stone, flower, flower. We don't look into it and just experience it. Um, but at the same time, I think as, as coaches or as, as people interested in personal growth, we need to definitely acknowledge that, um, that it is so and accept that. Um, so I think I want to share why I think it's so important in the first place to, to talk about this topic. Because for many people, 
um, I think, okay, we talk about health one time, then we talk about the psyche or spirituality, and then it seems like two topics. Hmm. And um, I, don't, I don't want that because um, in, in my opinion, that's why I say real holistic health integrates everything. Um, in, in Germany, we got lots of holistic practitioners of any kinds, but the main thing they do is they specialize in a certain system, use natural remedies and call it holistic, but that's not holistic. Holistic means, in my opinion, everything, mm. encompassing every aspect of life. So why is, is the whole topic of the psyche or spirituality or understanding religion, why it's there so important? Um, I would love to share that. So I'm, I'm, I'm a very efficient person in a way that I, if I want to do something or want to bring something into my life, or if there's a topic I want to read about, I want to know if I can get something out of it. Um, with spirituality, the same t topic came to me. I thought like, okay, what can I get out of it? Or what can the people get out of it that are maybe atheist or don't believe in the spiritual stuff? Okay, in my opinion, it's very simple. If you understand the autonomic nervous system, you have more or less two branches. You have the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. So sympathetic, fight or flight, stress response, uh, parasympathetic, relaxation, digestion, sleep, and so on. Um, the anabolic state, the other one, the catabolic state. So our perception and the way we perceive our life um, and our awareness and our state of consciousness decides in which um, way our ANS, our autonomic nervous system, is influenced. So the way we perceive the threat, it could be, if we are walking around in our house and we see a mouse, a small little mouse, my, my grandma just this, this day was totally screaming, totally uh, going out there because there was a tiny little mouse. Hmm. So for her, it was a fight, fight or flight response. For me, I thought like, oh, yay, little mouse, how cool, how beautiful. And I got into a more parasympathetic state through love. So it, it is really our ideas and our, our concepts and our myth, and that's what I was talking about, our myth and our idea of the world. Like, w what is going on here? What are our ideas about life itself, about other people? Um, and, and the thing is, with religion comes, uh, comes a whole shitload of ideas. Let's say you grow up as a, as a very fundamental Christian. Then they say, okay, being gay is, is totally, you go to hell. That's an idea you get imprinted with. And you take that idea and you meet a gay person or you find out somebody is gay and directly you, you, your, your hormonal response and your whole emotional response shifts to another level, to aggression or to whatever. The same is if, if I scream at you now, just out of nothing, I don't want to do it because it's evening <laughs> and I don't want to give you a sympathetic rise. But um, if I would just out of nothing scream at you and yell at you and, and, and give you bad words, um, you would have a hormonal shift, definitely, within a few seconds. Um, maybe not if you're the Dalai Lama, but... Um, <laughs> well, it, happen, it, ha yeah, it happens, like, for example, someone cuts them up in, in the car, you know? You, like, you, 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 That's you, it. You can feel your adrenaline straight away. You can feel the hormonal change. That's it. So w with that, it's very easy for people to understand that, yes, words and ideas and the, the perception of the world definitely changes our physiological responses and has a direct direct and even even in the moment response and change in your bio, biochemistry directly. So working with our psyche and working with our, our perception of the world is really helpful in this chronically stressed culture where, where everybody is running around in a chronically sympathetic state and, and drinks more coffee and, and uh, smokes more cigarettes and has more stress 
I mean, just look at people staying staying in front of a red, red light. They are so stressed. It's just 30 seconds. It's nothing. But we can't relax. We can't come down. And I believe that um, the ideas that we have imprinted, the programming that we have imprinted, that's doing this to us. And my spirituality and the spirituality I, I teach, I don't teach spirituality in, the, in that sense, but I, that I guide people to their own spirituality, um, is taking responsibility for our own perceptions and our own ideas. And Paul Cech talks a lot about this, that only 5% um, of, of your whole being is conscious. Only 5% is your ego of what you think you are, and 95% is unconscious. And there's a shitload of ideas and beliefs and programming that's inside of us that we don't even know about. And we have to look in into our lives and into ourselves. And it's not just, like we said, meditation. Yeah, we look, go into meditation. We look into ourselves, look at the thoughts that come up, but also look in our lives just like that. I mean, just go to your girlfriend, to your, to your parents and ask them. Just go, hey, what do you don't like about me? That, that's shadow work. I mean, Jordan Peterson's talking a lot about this as well. Um, working with one's shadow in a sense and, and just going after them being real about it, not being woo-woo and that's what I mean I, I don't want, I mean of course I love the ideas of deity astral world and lucid dreaming and all that, but in a practical sense, I think Sam Harris is, is very, very true in many ways, why not just work with that we, which we have here which is our perception, direct experience of the world, right now yeah, I do. I do agree with that as well. I think it's like, as you said, it's combining it all together, right? I mean, you, for example, it's very hard in today's world where we're so polarized. And I think it's like because because we obviously what we do, social media is quite big for us because you know it's it's how we it's how we put our message out to people. If we're not in a, in our, I mean, it's amazing because social media is quite it's a left politically left, whereas you know the world. It, a lot of people that don't they they they'll sit in a room and they won't say anything and they're going vote so why Donald Trump's in right because all this that's been building up this feminism all this stuff all this like um, progressive quote unquote stuff is building up building up and the backlash was well I've had enough of all this they voted someone like Donald Trump and I saw you put a post out today about Trump and I've heard Paul Trek talk about Donald Trump and from the point of where he's coming from and look the man's got his faults, but in a lot of ways, he's like the father figure that a lot of people are, are missing. He's like, no, we're doing it this way. He's, but people are so lost, they need someone who's like a strong person to go, right, America first. Or Paul talks a lot about about you know putting up putting up walls and and um, like barriers is a step back in human um, consciousness because we're, we're like dividing the countries. But when you talk about things in a real-life political sense, you know, America, the UK, we can't house everyone. Germany can't house everyone. And and it's the views of these people coming from, this is getting a bit of political, but the views of people coming from like these westernized countries where they've got very, sorry, um, Middle Eastern countries are very, very different um, values, etc. than us. It's this clash that happens. And this is why you get someone like Donald Trump, etc. because an ideal world, utopia, yeah, but let's be honest. The, the, it's not it's it's not able to happen because there's there's not enough resources. Not enough resources. You can't house everyone. You can't have everything. So you've got like this push and pull. Yes, most people like they want to be good people. They want this that, and the other. But then they realise, well, it's like the building the wall thing. You know, I don't know. If, do you know who Stephen Crowder is? 
No, no, no. He's got a show called Louder with Crowder. He's actually just been demonetized on YouTube, and a lot of them have because of what's basically anyone on conservative who just speaks in facts and figures and actually has the research goes against all these irrational people. And because, like, obviously Twitter, Facebook, they're quite they're they're, they're left leaning. They're they are what they are. They don't want to offend anyone. So if anyone gets offended, it's like, well, as Peterson says, you know, in order to in order to um, to think, you're going to risk being offensive because you've got to put your views and opinions out there. And so Donald Trump talked about building the wall and um, they're like, oh, it's racist. It's like, it's like, well, no, we're just building a wall for illegal immigration, not immigration, illegal immigration. Um, they're like, yeah, but it's going to cost too much. It's like, well, have, do you know the figures? No. Okay, well, the, the most, most money they say it might cost to build a wall would be $20 billion, okay? $20 billion. Illegal immigrants cost the US taxpayer $160 billion a year. So he's saying, you do the math, you're 140 billion up. And it's not talking about people coming over and going through the things. It's, it's like, it's like someone said the other way looking at it and said, well, oh, but it's racist to lock, to keep people out. It's like, well, do you lock your front door at night? You know, you're not, it's not about, it's not about like being racist. It's about just, you need to have some sort of protection of your own. And it's, it's a hard one between getting, like, because this is the other thing that Jordan Peterson said, and he's talking to the, this, I can't remember his name, I'm going to look him up, I'll try and get him for He was saying, he talked about the universities being very left-leaning, and this lecturer said to his students, do you think most people in the world are good people? The student said, yes, I do. I think most people are good people. And he said, that ideology is so wrong because you live in a great country where everyone's free. Said same as me, me and you, we're countries. We can walk down the street, and ninety nine point nine percent of the time, we're not going to be attacked, stabbed, or mugged. Yes, it may happen. It does happen a lot, but but individually, not that not that many times. You know, most people are good people. They've got morals and stuff because we've been brought up that way. You know, the, the, the judo Christianity sort of like um, ethic, everyone knows between good and evil. Everyone says they, everyone knows that feeling that we're doing right, right or wrong. But if you look at other countries and other religions, it's not like that. Like is your rape, murder, everything like that is is on higher scales. He said, we're just lucky that we've come from a, a culture and and a countries that even though like you know, if you go into like theories etc. We say we're we're, we're like the Matrix, we're free without being fully free, but we're much more free than we don't get up and every day we step out and our door and we're not starving. You know, we're not thinking, am I going to die of a disease? I'm not thinking, am I going to be stabbed or shot? You know, am I going to be massacred for being the wrong religion? And so. That's the thing. We're just lucky to live in a society where that that's that's the way things are. And me, for one, I 100% want to protect that society because I don't want. I would, you know, being able to sit here and talk to you like this, you know, and being able to have free speech and free speech is fundamental. It's what they do. they just got rid of. Um, do you see natural news has just been taken off of Facebook? Um, oh, crazy shit! Yeah, it had three million, three million subscribers. It's taken Mike Adams off. Yeah, and so. Off of Facebook, off of YouTube, everything, and it's like, how is the left win? Well, they just—they don't argue with these people because they can't, because they'd lose the argument. When you're talking about vaccines and GMOs and clean water and 5G, so what they do—they just remove it and they say it's misinformation. It's like, well, how many results have people like me and you got to get to prove it? It's not. And so I'm in this very much like I would love everyone I want to be healthy and stuff, but then my practical brain kicks in, and I'm like, unfortunately, not everyone's like me. So we need to have some sort of protection for our countries and like nationalism not nationalism in terms of like 
it's not like Nazi Germany or like anything like that. It's just terms of like protecting our our morals, our way of life, because it's led. I mean, Germany's got a big issue with this as well. If you look into it, and in Sweden and stuff, you know, and been big marches, and it's not about being racist and kicking people out and stuff. It's about having our morals, having our way of life, because we want everyone to be inclusive and stopping this radicalization coming in. Because you know, it's just something we don't mix. It's very hard. This is this is something that people can get like drawn into. But it's like having someone like like Donald Trump come over here um, last last week and he had a state visit for D-Day and you had people like protesting him and he actually came over and he spoke really eloquently he was really respectful and you know he's got all of his faults but for for his goods you know that the economy in America is on the up that more black people got more jobs so you think he's 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 also very anti-fake news and he's very like he wants to see into vaccines and he wants free speech and a lot of stuff that the political left have used to be for that and now they're almost like they want to shut people up. And so it's a hard balance to get, right? And unfortunately, not everyone's like me and you. And so it can, you see people like they're screaming, like these grown... One of these, uh, they pushed over this veteran. He came with an American guy. He'd been in the war. They pushed him over. He was an old man because he was there celebrating Trump. And I was just like, this guy, like, was... was um, He gave his, like, risked his life for us to have these freedoms. And now you... And it's just... It doesn't make sense to me you know and, it, and it's a hard balance that we need to get today and i think it, it is one of those things like yeah in a in a utopian world yeah let everyone come and let's all have fun but unfortunately it doesn't work that way as we're seeing in countries and it and i think it's going to be one of the biggest challenges for for us as a society and because it's just going to be you know we have to try and get that balance right and unfortunately what if if for example you put it this way if the country like a lot of these people flee in these countries in the middle east the reason they're coming to our country is because of how free we are in our way of life right and so we need to protect that because that's why they're coming because it, it's, it's a great way of life and it's not stifling. And so I don't know, I've said quite a lot there, but it's, it's a hard, it's quite a hard balance to try and get without <clears> being called racist, nationalist, fascist and all that. And it's like, well, we need to protect some of it. Otherwise, me and you can't, we can't live the way, we can't just go for a walk or go outside without being attacked or talking about, but it's hard. It's a hard, it's a hard thing. But, you know, a lot of this is probably manufactured by... Polit- political agendas anyway but it's, it's a hard thing discussion to have yeah that's that's where the saying uh, how do you help the poor do not become one of them it's yeah. very important to understand i think um and that's that's also the topic spirituality is, is fairly complex today because i think we are a completely new generation in this modern world where we put the eastern spirituality into and we get a lot of spiritual bypassing or what is called spiritual bypassing. That's exactly what you were talking about. It's like only seeing the utopia and only seeing the good and everything is high vibration. Everything is beautiful. And I flow, I, I throw uh, flowers everywhere and I, I fart and I shit only flowers and it smells all good. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's bullshit in, in, in my idea. And I, I don't believe that real spirituality is about that. In my opinion, real spirituality is the middle path, and and the middle path means balance. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's it's hard to balance. Yeah, that's why spiritual real spirituality is really hard, because it is the balancing act between the two forces, or, or between the two extremes of good and bad, or extremism and and this utopia thinking and hippie uh, hippie style thinking. So. Um, in in Taoism, there's there's a lot of uh, about this talk about the middle path and and what it really means. And I think, in a sense, the problem we face, like you said, is 
we are in a modern society. We have food. We have we have uh, houses. We have everything. We we live good lives, and we don't necessarily see so much of the bad stuff. Mm. Um, many people don't even watch TV anymore. I, I'm one of them. I don't watch any news because I don't like to exactly. see it. But I know, I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the problem with that is too that I think especially in the in the spiritual society and people going into that there's this spiritual bypassing of of the shadows of the negatives and just the concentration on the positive, which is in 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 in, in a sense I think wrong because we lose our contact with reality. We live up here in our heads and with this high vibration. Um, and at a certain point, you in your life, you're going to get maybe an illness, um, maybe some someone very close to you dies, and then all the all the stuff breaks together, uh, breaks breaks loose, um, and all your 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 myth of life doesn't function anymore. So I think the 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 spirituality that we should gain and and the middle path is really to find a myth that is empowering, like you're saying. Yeah, we need to protect some kind of structure. We don't want to become poor as well, and at the same time being open and and walking forward. And what I do to establish this, and, and what what I got from Paul, of course, and many other beautiful leaders, um, is how can we practically um, practically do uh, have a spirituality that's really helping us? And the first step, in my opinion, is to find a legacy, to, to really find out what are we here for. What, what is going on in the world is, is the first thing. I mean, look out into the world. As a child, you grow up and you have, get a certain sense what is going on in society. Um, you get certain negative feelings. Certain things trigger you. Um, could be cultural things like which clothes to wear. Could be, could be religious things if you grow up in a fundamental Christian um, family and there are certain, certain beliefs. And that's going to form your legacy slowly, but most people lose that. Um, of course, with the school system, we talked about that last time. We are pushed in a certain way. Um, but to really look back into our lives and say, okay, what do we really want to do with our lives? And one of the favorite questions, my favorite questions I ask my clients is, what would you do with $100 million in five years? So when you get $100 million today, how would your life look like in five years? Um for many people, this is a, a, a great example for the freedom. Because when you ask them, what would you do with $100 million? Most people would say, ah, I would buy a house. I would help my family. I would, yeah, bullshit. You would do all that. Yeah, happy birthday. That's great. Everyone would do that. That's, that's really not the question. The question is, how would your life look like in five years if you had no responsibilities um, to your job or to anything? And then you have the freedom to say, okay, shit, I don't know. That's what peace, most people tell me. I, d- I really don't know. Um, maybe I'm, I'm traveling. I said, travel gets boring. I, I've been there. Tra- travel is not fulfilling, really. Most people won't fulfill for the, for the end of the life. So where are we going with the spirituality and with this idea of life? Okay, now you're rich. You have everything you want. You, you have, can have women. You can have cars. Everything that um, substituted our religion. Our new religion in the modern world is money and success. But now you have money and success. And most people will find they are not happy then. Um, I've been once to, to, a, to, a, to some, some kind of retreat for food and there was stuff going on. There were so many rich people. There were like a few thousand very, very rich people and the food cost like a few hundred dollars uh, per plate, like a restaurant. Um, and 
I looked around and I was really wondering. It was really crazy to me because the people who were more unhappy than in some kind of, of underground restaurant where it's totally dirty and people are laughing, there's loud music. But there was such a, a bad mood in there. And I was thinking like, wow, there, there are so many rich and successful people. How can they be so unhappy? And that was around five years ago and started quell uh, Growing me that thought, Nico. Everything you're saying, I want to. I just want to add to it because I was in Thailand and I've been walking down the walking down the road. And was in this like five star. Was was in this like course that we were doing, and uh, and um, all down the road. And there's this guy there selling coconuts. He had a little hut, had his music on. He was selling coconuts, and he was the happiest man I've ever seen. And I was like, you know what, mate? This is like you're just loving life. And what you said, if I had a hundred million dollars, I'd do exactly what I'm doing now, but on a bigger scale. And I take my podcast all around the world, and I speak to people like you individually, and we just fucking take over the world. And that's what I do. I mean, is that that's, that is, you know, what I mean, that is like that is the I dream. Have, I have the same answer. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so when you say, but when you so you say traveling gets boring if you're just traveling for traveling's sake. Whereas if, for example, you or myself or someone like that, we're traveling to to get answers or to learn or to you know to go and see what we can. That's very different because you've got a purpose. So I completely understand. And you know, a lot of the time. People, as you said, they get that money and they're like, oh, is this it? It's like if it's money without a purpose or a passion is just – I think John Peterson said in one of the things – I keep going back to it because it's fresh in my mind. But he said like they looked at the happiness because he's a psychologist of like – obviously, you know, he's a psychologist, clinical psychologist. He looked at uh, the happiness between people that were super rich and the people that just had enough money to pay their bills. And he said the difference between the happiness of people that could just pay, pay their bills and no one was chasing them compared to people that were super rich – there was very little difference. He said, maybe you'd be a tiny bit happy, but it was very little difference because, you know, once you've got that money, it's just the same problem. It's just you're doing a bigger house, you know, and that's like a, a thing. And so 100% get what you're saying. You're saying this restaurant full of rich people and there was no laughter, there was no happiness. Yeah, absolutely. And and that, that plays into what you were saying. It's like money doesn't necessarily make you happy, but we have the faulty belief that money or success, and with success, I don't mean with success in our dreams, but success in the world, in the material world, like having a good job or a big car, that that is making us happy. And I love the saying, nothing fails like success. Um, oh, that's most, a good one. Yeah, I love it. I love it really. And, and who, who, come up, who come up with that one? Um, I have no clue, man. Is it yours? I have no clue. But I heard it. I just, just write my name under it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> don't do it. Um, I don't know. Who, but, but I love that saying and it's really true. And, in, in a sense, it only means the material success, um, but in, an, in, a, in, an, in another sense, it means also that once, even if you have a, a beautiful dream or a beautiful legacy, once you've achieved that, they're going to be a dark night of the soul. They're going to be some sense of, oh, fuck, what gonna, uh, am I going to do now? Um, and I know lots of people like that. Um, interestingly, most clients I attract in, in last months or years um, are very very successful people but that are unhappy very unhappy people um, that are most most clients I attract and of, of course unhealthy with that and I think it's it's very very interesting to see because when I look into their life and I ask them okay what is it that you want to do what are, are your values what are your dreams what what are your passions what what does bring joy into your life or what makes you happy most of them don't really have an answer to the, the, these questions and even such a simple one, like what is bringing joy into your life? So, some ask me like joy, why is that important? 
Like, isn't it all about hustling and grinding and, and going hard and working hard and making money? Um, and of course not. That's that's what makes you unhealthy and unhappy. And there's, I would love to go into the four questions of a shaman. Have you ever heard that? I think, yeah. Um, is it like the ones where it says that, when did you stop enjoying your own company? When did you stop dancing? Is this one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah go it's, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. But before, before, before we go into that, right, just before we go into it, because I really want you to go into it, 100%. I think it was, was it Nietzsche or Jung who said, like, if humans got everything they wanted, they'd burn it to the ground within seconds because they wanted a challenge to overcome. It's like you see Batman, the story of Batman, you know, millionaire, but yeah, he's the one who, who finds his purpose when he's, like, going to struggle and fight fight for, you know, Gotham or fight for, like, um, he's not, like, um, he, he's got his own demons himself, but, like, almost for justice. It's like, you can have all the money, but without these things his purpose it you're it's futile really but um i just want to just because it's like a lot of these stories a lot of these antidote stories they all come from that but people miss the point of them they just concentrate on like you know the the the, the, the sizzle about the steak if you want it's, it's 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 very important what you say um i even lost one point i wanted to add to that um and it's it's what you said this story just got a little ticking just got hey, it's gone yeah. that is, is it better Good, yeah, you are yeah, great. You are upside down. No, you're better now. Yeah, cool. So, uh-huh. so I just wanted to make sure I didn't want people to miss that. So you were talking about important point. Yeah, um, you were talking about movies, or we were talking about movies, and why do we love movies? What is it in movies, or even stories and books, and and um, all the kinds of stories that were told for thousands of years? What is it that we like about them? Um, I don't think it is that it's all boring and all stagnant and all people are rich and happy and there's nothing happening. We love the stories where people die and where there's sadness and where there's pain and where there's struggle and where people are overcoming the, the struggle. And in the end, nearly nearly all movies and all stories, really nearly all, um, have the hero's journey. And the hero's journey is not just beautiful and is not just good, at least on a certain level. On another level, it's completely beautiful like beautiful films, and they can be sad, and they can be tough, and they can be challenges. Um, and what I want to ask people is, what would your life be without the struggle? What would it be without all the challenges and all the pains and all the sadness? Boring. It would be freaking boring. Mm-hmm. It would be nothing. You, you wouldn't even have anything, and that's the real sense in, in the way is, is the goal. Like, it's not, not the goal is the goal. Of course, the goal is the goal, but in the end, what really counts is, is the path we were going. And um, oftentimes, when people ask me, do you, um, when they talk about lotto and, and uh, winning lots of money, I don't know if it's called lotto. Lottery, yeah, yeah. Yeah, lottery. Um, I often say, I don't even want to win the freaking lottery because it's taking away the fun of me. On another level, I could say, yeah, I could do much great. Yeah, stuff. exactly. You can, yeah, yeah. There's two sides to this, of course, but on one side, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy with my my challenges. I'm so happy with with this path. I'm so happy that I got out of school, became a fighter, didn't study anything normal, didn't do and and build my own business and and become successful by myself. Um, and all these struggles and the whole hero's journey that is involved in that. Um, same with healing. I'm I'm so freaking grateful for all the injuries and all the pains that I had. Um, even in relationships, I'm I'm really grateful for all this. And that's again where the 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 perception is coming in. Are you per- perceiving your reality and your your history as a victim, 
and as oh all that stuff happened to me and it's all so bad and and now I'm sick and it's all horrible. Yeah, you can you can you can perceive the world in this way, but it's not empowering and it's not going to help you heal. It's 100%, not efficient. Hundred percent. So if you get people think that it's just like this is what you're saying. It's like with these movements of people of or women getting the same jobs as men or whatever. That's just one example. And Peter said it the other day. It's like socialism. Like oh, everyone gets the same amount of money. It's like, oh, that would cure all the problems. It's like, no, man, it won't cure the problems. People will just find something else. Like, it's like, um, it's why these films, again, because no, not everyone can identify with success, but everyone can identify with struggle. And the same as like me on a rugby pitch or football pitch. If you beat someone 10-0, it's no fun. So it's the game that you, you score the last-minute winner. And you're like, that's for not, you feel something good. Or like you, when you beat, there's no point you go into the ring and you're beating the head out of someone. Like a black belt versus a white belt, it's no fun. Like when you, your biggest feats are the ones that you have to overcome the stuff or overcome a hard challenge. You know that that's what gives life purpose, what meaning. You know, it's just no one, no one's like celebrating walking up the top of a mountain which is like twenty foot, twenty foot high. You know, people feel a sense of achievement climbing Everest. You know, because it's it's given some like spiritually, um, mentally, physically, emotionally, it's given you, and that's why things like that do because you know you're. You're tapping into all parts of your being to get there, and as you said, like it's it's so important for people to get that. You know, it's it's something that pe- people forget. They think that once they've got money or once everyone's equal, these things are gone. It's like no, you need to have that journey. And as there was a great, I don't know if you've ever seen only. You ever seen the show Only Fools and Horses, Nico? Mm, no, I don't think so. It's quite. A, it's like one of the UK English like one of the best. It was funniest sitcoms of all time but his 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 line it's two brothers and wheelers and dealers and his line was always this time next year Rodney we'll be millionaires and when he finally become millionaire he was like half the fun was all the chase you know that was like that was the fun the destiny that the journey was the then he realized oh but now we can play a bigger game he's like now we can start investing in the stock market and he's like oh and give him that joy back now that challenge he said it's why, why do you think billionaires, like Richard Branson doesn't have to work, does he? But he works every day because that's his thing. It gives him purpose. It gives him, yeah, passion. It gives him, gives him life. You might as well be dead if you're just going to do nothing, you know? It's just, what's the point? Yeah, and, and that's really what a legacy is about, in my opinion. Um, legacy is not just, okay, I'm going to build that in that business. But a legacy is in a, in a greater sense. Um, what is the mission of my life? And, and, there's these challenges included. And that's why I often ask my clients finding a legacy. I ask, what is really annoying you in the world? What, what is triggering you? Or what, what is making you sad when you look at the world? What is giving you pain? Because when you look at that which is giving you pain in the world, you maybe find your mission. You maybe, you maybe see, for, for me, it, it makes me pain and it made me so much pain being a fighter, being told I can never do what I love again, being sick and then all the struggles that came with with that, not living and expressing my highest potential, not being able to do that, not getting help from people. Because let's be honest, most modern doctors don't know shit about health for healthy people. That's it. Don't want to want to make them down in a way. They're very good in in, in getting people together after after dangerous stuff. Um, yeah, I know you mean after they're good for car crashes and stuff, but I know you're saying like injuries yeah, and it. chronic illnesses. They they don't know because they're not taught. Chronic so, stuff, yeah. yeah, and and really performance enhancing in a sense as well, mm. like life enhancing. Mm. That's that's not not the case for for doctors, and that's that's not the the topic for them. Um, so in a sense, that made me a lot of pain, and finding that out 
gave me a bigger passion than becoming a fighter or becoming professional, which was my dream or legacy before. I found my real legacy in the mission and in the challenge as well to, to go against what we think about health and to bring a new awareness about what holistic health really is. Like we were talking about the specialization and really looking into this holistically and finding out what is behind this stuff. Is it an injured knee really only an injured knee and is really only the knee the problem? No, maybe it's, it's also the core stabilizers. Hey, maybe that's, that's the diet or maybe that's stress. Where's the stress coming from? Again, perception, your ideas about, uh, about life. And many people get frustrated when I'm talking about spirituality and, and I have to go deep into this stuff with them that they really grasp that it's all about efficiency and performance and health um, when talking about how you perceive the world. Are you stressed or are you happy? We all want to be happy. And that's where the, the four questions come into play um, of the shaman. When you come to a shaman in general, they're they going to ask you four questions, which is, number one, when did you stop dancing? Number two, when did you stop singing? Number three, when did you stop en enjoying silence? Um, and number four, when did you stop enjoying stories, what we were talking about uh, a few minutes ago? So what this is going into, and this especially the dancing and singing, I start with, Dancing and singing, in my opinion, is the highest expression of happiness and joy. Um, and I don't mean this in a sense of successful happiness. We tend as a modern society to only be happy when we get a certain success or a certain gift. Like normally we're unhappy or just neutral. And then we get a new job. Oh, we are happy for one day. We get a new car. Oh, we are happy. So, so we always need something to be happy. But if we are truly happy and truly joyful, just in the now, just without reason, that's the moments when we just sing and dance. And I know this from myself. When I'm really, when I have a good day, nobody's there, nobody's watching, and I'm just dancing and singing while cooking. Just be, because I enjoy life, because it's beautiful. I, I, I cook great food or whatever it is. But it's the small things that really make me happy. Um, when I ask it this, when did you stop dancing or when did you stop singing? We can find the point in which you lost your innocent child or your, your inner child being happy with just that which is and being lost in the programming and in the idea of needing to get something out of the world or get something from the outside, like the material stuff we were talking about, money, cars, sex, women, whatever it is. Um, not against sex here. That's a good one. But, uh, <laughs> leave away the money. <laughs> um, the, the third one is really important, as we were talking about, when did you stop enjoying stories? Stories are which is en enchanting and empowering us on our, our path and on our, in our legacy, on our hero's journey. When we are truly on our own hero, hero's journey and on our legacy, we feel enchanted when we hear a story because we can feel ourselves in that. We, we hear the challenges or see the challenges the hero is in it, uh, is in, and we we, we, we feel the hero. We feel our journey and the connection between the two. But the moment you lose contact to stories and you lose the, the, the joy of hearing or looking movies uh, or hearing stories, that's the moment where you lost your own story and your own hero's journey. The moment where you, you lost your path, your legacy, you lost what you want out of life. So you can't, can't identify with the hero anymore in the, in the movie. And you don't enjoy them anymore. Maybe you just enjoy, I don't know, porn or whatever. Um, but no real stories and with heart and romance and whatever is in there. Um, the fourth one, when did you stop being alone and being in silence? 
is coupled with with another topic that's coming in there. What is making you um, happy or what is enjoying in the moment when it's silent and when you're alone is, in my opinion, the, the myth or the mystery of the universe. When you get really silent, and that's what would be meditation, um, that's where meditation is really some kind of spiritual practice, um, you get into contact with the mystery of the universe. And in your body and in your whole being, the question is going to come up, what's going on here? And it's, it, it should be joyful. It should be a mystery and a beautiful mystery. Like in, I remember in TV that when I was younger, there were these, these mystery, mystery movies and there were stories told and which one is true, which one is not. Maybe you know them. Um, yeah. And it was really beautiful to watch, to, to think about, wow, what is going on here? And maybe that is true. Maybe that not. That's what life is all about, I think. Life is not about knowing everything and figuring everything out and having everything set and having enough money and having everything always perfect. It's about the mystery, living in the mystery and living in the struggle and enjoying the struggle. It's bringing order to the chaos, right? Bringing order to the chaos and seeing order in the chaos. Yeah, that, those four questions. I mean, we're talking about like, the the music and um, like the dancing. You know, it's why like musicals are brilliant as 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 like unmasculine as they are. The feminine energy. Like, um, I don't know if you've seen um, uh, what's the one? The uh, I saw the on the I was on the plane to South Africa and I listened, I watched it. Um, the the ABBA one, um, don't whatever it's called. It's a, the the ABBA musical. It's like the film. Um, is it Dancing Queen or something like that, or whatever it is? Uh, there's, I know some Starlight Express and Lion King. Yeah, yeah. What's the other one? One second, I'll quickly look it up. Everyone listening to this will be shouting it out at the at the. They'll know exactly what it is. Uh, Abba musical. Um, oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's like the. Um, Mamma Mia! That's it. it, yeah, Mamma Mia! What yeah, one? Yeah. So when I was watching that, like singing "Dancing Queen," you see what everyone's dancing there, and it's just you, you, you get into it. You can feel the vibration. It makes you happy listening to it, you know. And um, what you're saying there as well, like it was. So it was when when are you um, bored um, dancing? When were you bored? What was it? Listening to singing? When was the, what was the? Uh, yes, singing. When did you stop singing? When did you stop dancing? When did you stop enjoying stories? Stories. And yeah. when did you stop feeling enchanted by silence and the mystery of the universe? So the stories one as well, as you said, it's huge. I love I love films for that particular reason. I just can get lost in a film because I love the storyline and um, and the the silence one. It's amazing because when you go into silence, sometimes when I'm working, I don't even realize it. I'm on the computer. I'm like, oh, there's nothing on here. I've just been in my own head. It's like, and all of a sudden, while I'll be driving sometimes, but like, oh, there's no music on. I've just been thinking in my head. Because I've been thinking about stuff, there's not really any of a silence because you're just like contemplating stuff. But what you said there about the universe, you get two ways. You think about things and you mull things over and you can either be like, oh my God. The more I've, I've gone into like plant medicines and and listen to people talk about those experiences, it sort of put my mind at rest and about the soul, about what's coming next. Because I remember laying there when I was younger at night and thinking, oh my God, one day I'm not going to be here. One day I'm going to be in a coffin. And my stomach used to just go over. Do you know, you feel like, oh, it made, me, it made me feel sick. I was like, one day I'm not going to be here. And it's so weird to think about that, right? Have you ever had that experience? Definitely, especially as a child, of course, you think like, Wow, what is going to death be like? I mean, am yeah. I just going to lay there in the dark and nothing there? Exactly, right? You don't know, but that's but it's like when you're asleep. You, I mean, you're asleep. You're sort, of, you're sort of like alive, but 
you, you don't, you're not like, it's weird if it's just like, it's, it was, I can't remember who it was, the, the, the long sleep, but it's weird, you, you, your soul's gone, or what we call the soul, which is a lot of scientists, uh, they, don't believe, well, they don't believe in, they think, oh, well, oh, I can't remember who it was, um, one of my friends talks about this a lot, he says like, what, do we think that we're the only sort of vibrational being because we've got a soul? Do you, or do you think, or is it just our own sort of like narcissism that thinks that we've got, he says, what, has that cat got a soul? Has that dog got a soul? I've covered this with Warren a little bit before and he talks about things. And what would, because at the end of the day, you know, um, we, went into, went into, we went into different aspects, but what what do you, you think about like the soul? And, how, and would you say like, because would, would an animal have a soul? We've got uh, a soul. In, in, in my opinion, definitely. Yeah. Even a freaking tree. Yeah. A tree has a soul. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the secret, um, li- the secret life of plants. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. The secret life of plants is great. Um, that's why they are saying in Buddhism, there's a Buddha in everyone, uh, in every living being, every living creation. And the problem is again these ideas that which we create around words and how words are used, and especially in Christianity, the word soul is used very specifically, and you think maybe of a light body that's inside of you. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I think lots of, a lot of these ideas, are, um, people fear fear them, or maybe the more um, scientific scientific people think they're a little woo-woo or crazy or crazy to get into. Um, I think more in a very practical sense of pure awareness. Um, when you get deeper into meditation, and like I said, I don't mean just sitting. It could be a flow state. You can get the sense of being outside of your body of being not there anymore. There's there's no thinker, there's no ego in, in the end. There's just happening. You are just watching. Um, that could be called the soul in, in, in Buddhism um, and in, in, in yoga also we have like the Atman um, with Brahman. And let's say we have God and God is the ocean and God is the consciousness of, of everything at the same time. Um, but you and me have a different con- con- uh, consciousness at the moment. I mean, your experience is quite different than, than mine at the moment. But at the same time, we are one and experiencing this at the ocean. But at the same time, we are not one. We live in duality and have uh, both our own experience. And having our own experience is not only the ego. It's also our personal soul. And then there are the, these ideas of reincarnation. And I think it's very hard to get in all this stuff. and, and I love to read about it, and I, like I said last time, I did um, quite a few plant ceremonies now. Um, I just counted after we've talked. If it was true, what I was saying, I have 11 now, I was right. And it's it's really deep experience of when you take enough, um, when you take enough and you go deep enough, you have no body anymore. You, you don't even know yourself anymore. It's really crazy. You're, you see in front of your eyes how yourself is completely, completely dismantled, and you don't know who you are. You don't, you, you don't remember your name. You don't feel your body. Even if you open your eyes, you don't see your hands in front of yourself. Um, there's just no experience anymore, um, and it's not darkness there, but it's it's totally crazy. And of course, it, it, on on one hand, we can say, um, yeah, this is just because of the psychedelic. But ask anyone, anyone who has really done it, or do it yourself to get the experience. And everybody will tell you that experience is more real than what we experience in our day daytime. Mm, it that, feels yeah. real. It's and everybody who did it 
um, talks about this way, and me myself included. So I think it's really hard to talk about these topics without experience. And there's where the problem of, of science comes in. And that's why I love Rupert Sheldrake, because he's destroying science a little bit in that sense. Say science is beautiful, but it, it, it's not for 100% of, of what we should do in our life to be scientific. We should also be um, experimental and also use our intuition, our thought to go beyond which we think is possible and to go beyond which we can see clearly in an experiment, scientific experiment, experiment, for example. We don't know shit. We don't know. We didn't know radio waves, I don't know, 500 years ago. We, we would never thought that it is possible to do this talk we are doing now. This is crazy. And this is only, I mean, 20 years ago, this is already crazy. 10, so years, ago, yeah. 10 years ago. If I, I show this my grandma or I, I try to explain to her what I do for, for a living, it's impossible. She doesn't understand what I do for a living because she doesn't understand how it is possible to coach people through this small thing, which is called cell phone. And it's totally crazy to her. Um, so I think we need to accept that we are very primitive in a sense still, even though we don't like to think about ourselves this way, but we are still animals uh, animals, and we are still evolving. Um, and I think spirituality and, and experimental spirituality which means going into the experience and looking beyond maybe with psychedelics best would be psychedelics and integration and spirituality, personal development, shadow work, and to do all this stuff and to get real experience for ourselves, what this life is about, how to enhance it, how to make us more happy. Cause in the end, I believe this is really what we do this for to make the world a better place for all living beings. That's why I always say, to be more happy and have a more fulfilled life, to feel fuller instead of empty all day. Most people I see are just empty. There's there's no soul inside of them, we could say. That's a, where we could use the word. The soul is just tired and there's no fire and no flame. Nothing getting back into touch with the mystery, with silence, with our soul, with the inner world, with the stars and the moon. That's really what is what is filling us up with something that money and cars can't fill up it's interesting it's like the reason i brought up especially the animals because you know how for example we've got a moral compass we know what's right or what's wrong or like say what, what's right or what's well we do know what's right or what's wrong we've got like um a social sort of thing you know you you, you open the door for someone you say hello goodbye whereas animals you know if they're a, an alligator or a shark they're eating something they if we were in the water they don't have that sort of social aspect you know so like i, I can with some of the scientists here well, why why do you think we've got why do you think we're different to these other animals um in terms of the soul or, or like having because they're part of an ecosystem and so are we but obviously we've developed to that point of we our brains have developed we've understood how to sort of like socially interact and not just be like this tribe versus this tribe try to get like this um a lot of the time we've taken away a lot of our primal instincts you know for example if someone tried to um take your girlfriend or wife away from you a few hundred years ago i'm pretty sure you'd have been well within your rights to to, to kill that person or to ha- at least have a fight etc you know Today. yeah yeah exactly well yeah 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 exactly Same today but it's illegally even legally even uh, legally you can't like, do things today like if someone um, if someone killed one of your family members, you, you know, you'd be have the legal obligation to do it. Whereas, like with animals, people say, so "Why? Why do? You, how? 
but they don't have that moral compass. So how can you say they have a soul as well? Do you know, do you get where I'm coming from? It's coming from. Yeah, okay, okay. I, I know. I understand. Um, I think that's a common misunderstanding of of um, what the soul is. Um, I think most people, and me myself included, again, um, for a long time I thought, and I think that's what most people think, um, that the soul is actually what we should call the ego. That mm. the soul is a thinking, like a, it's just a light bulb. But it's our mind, and our mind stays there. So when we die, we live in a body out of light. That's what some people think it is. Mm-hmm. And but we have the same mind, and we can think, and we we're just the same person. That's not true in a sense. Uh, not in my experience, at least not in my in my in my studies um, of world religion or, or spirituality, wherever you go. Um, but what stays intact is the consciousness and the state of consciousness the state of perception, the the pure awareness of what is going on. So just the CEO, some call it the witness. Eckhart Tolle is uh, talking a lot about this. The witness, or lots of people are talking about this. Um, that is what, which is staying alive. And now we could say, okay, are, are plants or are animals having consciousness? Yes, definitely. I mean, um, animals, I think most people would agree, um, they have consciousness, they have awareness. They can have fear. They can have experiences. And they're not robots. So, yes, they have a soul. In, in my opinion, what, what differentiates a robot from a living being is the soul. And I often ask people, do you think if we could – if do you think in 100 years we would be able to create a robot which is like a dog, completely like a dog, loving and all that kind of stuff, and would it feel the same? I don't believe so, honestly. Maybe unhealthy people and very unaware people would feel the same to that dog, to that robot dog. But I think if you're a healthy human with a healthy sense of, of emotion and energy and what is going on around you, you would feel the difference. You would feel that it's just a robot and it has no soul soul in there. And then we can go further and say, okay, well, what about plants? And you've mentioned the secret life of plants. Um, I think it's he's called... Uh, Peter Tompkins, the mm-hmm. author, yeah. Paul, Paul Tompkins. It's, it's a really beautiful book for everyone. Um, really good with experiments where he's going into plant consciousness. They, they talked, I think it was even like Ayers Rock in Australia. They've seen its consciousness, like it's moved. They were talking yes. about how it's consciously moved. And so it's like even the rocks are, it's, it's amazing when they talk about it. And people don't, because people we're very much in this black and white logic scientific thing. And so people don't understand how it's just, I always talk about this. You walk into a room, you can feel the energy if it's good or bad. Like you meet someone, you can sort of, a lot of people, you can pick up, even people have got different sorts of energy and better at certain things, but I've always been a very good judge of character and you can sort of feel all the energy of someone and what they're going to be about. And, and it's weird for, for people that are good, have good hearts. It's, it sometimes can be hard to understand why people might be, like the way they are, why they might be narcissistic or psychotic or whatever, um, because you're not like that, you know, and and it can, and this is one of the things Jordan Peterson was talking about as well, he said like, if you're that sort of naive, when you finally meet a person who takes advantage of you or or does you wrong, it can be quite an earth-shattering experience because you're not ready for it, so as much as I'm a coach and I'm into this, I still, you know, being living in London and doing certain things and having certain experiences with people, you you know you, you lose that what we call green he's very green like that naivety quite early and 
you do things, but you're still wary of certain things. You still got to sort of like watch, have eyes in the back of your head. So if you understand what I mean, you've got to be aware. And um, for a lot of people, do you think like when they're when they're like this, does this come from like childhood traumas or how they're brought up, or what? What do you think can can make them um, have these sort of um, personalities where you know I mean they say psychopaths or or just just people in general that really put themselves first and never seem to have like that much of an issue with with them burning other people to put themselves in front um yeah i i i see um trauma definitely as as a topic there but um to i think trauma is is everyone has trauma every mm-hmm. everyone has childhood traumas um and it's not really about the traumas themselves but it's really about what is um like what is getting out of them we could talk about the trauma as as the earth and which kind of plant is growing out of that which seeds are you throwing in there um and in a sense i think it's more about what we identify with and our idea of ourselves which is creating certain patterns of behavior um that could be like lots of people lots of people in my family as well um especially in germany they are very, very conscious about what other people could think. Whatever they do, they think first, okay, what, what could that person think if I wear this or if I do this or if I say this? Um, and the same is how, how, how I behave or how I express myself. Is it not okay how I talk? Um, what is angry talking? And all these thoughts and ideas about behavior themselves. And then we build like a, like a movie in our head and we, we play it through how we behave in certain situations. So it's the identification of who we want to be that's most of the times in the ideas of who we want to be, um, the ideas of that, which is um, which is really driving our behavior. Be it narcissism and, and being only there for us, um, it's, it's the story we tell ourselves again, the secret story and the, the, the myth we tell ourselves. If we tell ourselves the, the earth is evil, and that's where, where trauma is coming in, if you have, as a child, were growing up with parents that were, were um, very violent and you were maybe beaten yourself, your mom was beaten, whatever, then you probably grow up with the idea that the world is evil and you have to be tough in the world. You have to be strong. And then you look at tough and strong people. And let's say the father was very violent and you look at the father and the far, father was, of course, strong because he could beat your mother, he could beat you, and you, you see how he, he moved, you see how he looked, you, see his po- you saw his posture, the way he breathed. And unconsciously, or maybe a little bit consciously, you take on that behavior in certain ways, and you take on maybe the ways of aggression or the ways that express strength in your way. And you begin to identify with which you want to be, which is stronger, or you want to have more, uh, more influence or be better manu- manipulating uh, people. So you take on that behavior, and that's where it's really problematic and really tough time for us as, as coaches, I think, or as healers, um, to go to healing and to get into healing without going into this stuff. Because if a person is identified with his pains or identified with what he experienced in this myth, how can we heal him from that? We can't just take away his whole personality. And that could be, of course, narcissism. Um, that could be even even somebody that is murder or rapist. 
I think we as a society tend to, or drug addicts are good, good examples. Gabo Mate, you know Gabo Mate? Do I know Gabo Mate? Talk, talk to me about it. He rings a bell. He's, he's awesome. He's talking a lot about childhood trauma. Yeah. He worked in, in, a, in a place where there were hundreds uh, of drug addicts, really heavy heroin addiction, and he worked with them. Um, and he's talking a lot about this. He's saying all these drug addicts, and we could go in any direction, rapists, murders, whatever, they are all traumatized children. They are all children that were traumatized in a sense, or even if they are adults, in adult bodies, they are still children in their psyche and they're still traumatized. And if I ask anybody, what does a traumatized or sad or hurt or, or children with lots of pain need? Is it, is it really more pain? Is it jail? Hmm. Is it really just more pain and disgust from other people? Or is it love? Which, which does really heal a child? And I'm not saying let's just love all rapists. That's, that's again, spiritual bypassing. I'm not into that. I'm more about finding the middle way of saying, okay, um, if we have a person that is maybe totally egocentric, totally narcissism, um, only interested in myself, very aggressive, um, very successful, but very, very unhappy and unhealthy, um, very driven, only hustling all day, how can we heal that person? We can't just heal him by telling him he should work less. That, that's just not enough. And also, in my opinion, not by just explaining to him the hormones that are in play and explaining that he won't get healed. He's totally identified with his whole personality and his whole way of being and living. That's his whole whole personality, the whole thing he is, the, the way other people experience him is his idea of himself. And that is really important. The way other people experience him and he wants them to experience him is his uh, his idea of himself, or at least he wants that to be. Um, so we need to go into that and look into why do you want to be that guy that you are playing? Why do you want to be that personality, even if it's making you unhealthy? How is that kind of behavior, of breathing, of posture, of, of way of expressing yourself, of eating, how is it serving you? And not just talk about the bad stuff, but how does the stuff you do that is harming you in a way, how does it also serve you? That is really important to find out. Because most people don't think about how is McDonald's serving me, in a sense. They only think about, okay, it's bad for me. Okay, McDonald's is making me fat. Yeah, but it's not about that. In healing, in my opinion, it's not about that. It's about how does it serve you? And when you go into that, maybe you find, oh, it's making me so happy. Because whenever I had, I had um, my dad came home, and normally we always had fights in our family. But when we went to McDonald's, everybody was happy. And you get these emotions. And these emotions are combined with the experience of McDonald's. Yeah. It could be a food. It could be a song. It could be a smell. It could yes. be looking to like the neuroscience. You know, you can, you can hear a song and it can just take you back to a really bad breakup. Or you can hear a song and it can take you back to like being in the best party of your life with your best friend. And, it's, and this is why um, I do things with my clients as well where we do like – I say we want you to make a playlist of all the all the happy songs that can just change your mood like that, or or like write down all the things that you know. I go through one of the things we do first of all, reconnect exercises. People that rob you of your joy, and we go through it. And just because it's like it's like um you said before, you know, hundred percent. Yeah, could be bad for you health reasons, McDonald's, but when you have it, it, it gives you that sense of joy because it was one time that you used to be with your dad and you used to spend a bit of time with him. 100%, these are, these are different things that go at a deeper level. 
um, people need to understand. And so, yeah, it, it, it's like I always say for people, all or nothing approach never works. Always, if you jump, if you get off the horse, just get back on the next day. No point of throwing a baby out of the bathwater. And, you know, every tribe had food for the soul. They had some form of alcohol or some sort of, you know, bad. And, and that and that can be great for you mentally, like going out with your friends and having a drink, for example, Um it could be bad for you health-wise in terms of, yeah, if you've got really bad chronic issue and let's not do that. I always say to people, like, the stricter you are to start with, the healthier your body's going to be. But long-term, that bit of time with your friends and family can be absolutely crucial to your sanity. You know, uh, one of the things having, I always say in my, in my own business, because um, I work from home, I work on my own a lot of the time. Um, so you think I'm going to be getting someone in, in not, not soon, but for a long time I worked on my own. Going out and seeing my friends in the evening or having that social connection is huge, you know. One of the worst things that they can do to a rapist or a killer in prison is put them in solitary confinement around no one else, you know. Or, or, or sorry, even like if even if you're in prison surrounded by rapists and killers, the worst thing they can do to you is put you in solitary confinement because that connection, that it's like people say, I'm a loner. It's like, mm, are you really? Like, because... People like it's nothing worse to do something than being ostracized from society, right? It's one of the worst things that can happen. So having this is why these things are so important to people, and it's very hard even when you get into what we do, you know, telling people a few home truths that goes against the mainstream. It's hard, like you don't want to lose that connection, um, but you go, you can, because because your opinions and the stuff, it's a, it's hard to to walk once against that balance of telling people the truth. But maybe when you're younger, you you say it in a certain way. As you get older, you you learn. It's not what you say, it's how you say it a lot of the time. Uh, and these are all big things, right? And it's, this is why it goes into a deeper level, but 100% understand about um, that connection between like a food or a place or a smell and how it can impact someone's health. Because, you know, they, they used to say in um, things, what gets fired together gets wired together. Um, or I can't remember another neurologist put it a different, slightly different way, but when you activate those pathways, it's like um, comfort food, right? Uh, people can... Um, and they associate sugar with comfort because when they're younger, they start crying and uh, their mum gets the breast out. And all of a sudden, they, they equate that breast, that milk, that sugar with comfort and support. So when they get anxious or when they get something bad going on in their life, they go to that sugar because from a young age, that's been like the connection they put together. So 100% understand it goes at a lot deeper level. And that's the sort of work that people sometimes you've got to get them to, to a certain level of health first nutritionally and um, mentally emotionally before you can go there because it it gets it's just like layers right it's the different layers of the onion and it's it's uh it, to do that shadow work and to look at the certain things it takes a, people want to get, have to want to get better would you, would you say like it yeah you can't yeah, and it, you can't it takes a lot of energy it. i think yeah, yeah you it really can't takes force a lot of yeah, you can't force it. I mean, you've got on your website, you've got like um, some really good good stuff about um, um, content for people to look into. You've got the work of Brian and Katie there. Um, mm, yeah, I love it. it. Yeah, you love it. Yeah, the um, the work. Just um, do you do that sort of stuff with your, your client? Well, just for people out there, what is what is what is the work? Um, it's it's maybe some people that know Paul Trek know the coin flip. Do you know the coin flip? No, I haven't heard that with, no. uh, with Paul Okay, the, the main idea is to to reflect and to go into thoughts or beliefs you hold. That's the work. The work is to move into beliefs you hold and to inquire, inquire in them, to really ask yourself, is it true? That's one question from Baron Katie. She mm. asks, is that belief really true? Let's say you have the belief, um, oh, my spouse or my, my partner is always angry with me. And you ask yourself, 
truly and honestly, is that really true? And you look into that. After that, you can ask questions like, how do I feel like when I have this belief? Which in another sense is, is this belief is serving me? And Byron Katie is the one um, in many ways which brought me to the, to the thing I call efficiency with all this spiritual stuff to really look into your beliefs and to say, are these beliefs efficient? Of course, you can tell me it's more logical to not believe in, in, in um, propose or to not believe that you are served or to, to not propose, uh, to not believe that things happen for a reason. But in my opinion, it's just more efficient. It's more efficient to believe that everything has a, a certain purpose and everything that happens um, has some, something to offer to you. Not in a way that the belief itself holds a value, but in a way that if I believe that everything that comes into my life um, can serve me, I can be creative with, with, with it. Mm -hmm. and I'm not a victim anymore. So I, I use this, this method to get out of my victim stage where stuff is happening and um, the world is just bad and I can't do anything about it. But I use it as a framework to say, oh, wow, okay, now I broke my leg for a reason. So I, that is actually the work to look into why did this happen? Not in the sense of why spiritually, spiritually like woo-woo, oh, your karma, whatever, no. But why did this happen? How can this serve me now? Hmm. And, and we have to inquire, but like you said, it's, it's taken a lot of energy. Um, we have to inquire all our beliefs that we hold, be it about relationships and about ourselves. When I work on, on the legacy of, of my clients, um, they're often coming up, it's often coming up stuff like, um, okay, he's, he works in a, in a normal bureau, let's say, and he has a normal daytime job, or maybe he's some marketing guy or whatever, um, or making taxes. And suddenly we find out his real legacy and his real dream is to be a farmer. Now, the jump from that to being a farmer is really big and the gap is quite big. And there's a lot of fear invo involved. And I, until now, I never had somebody who said, oh, wow, yeah, that's my dream. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to buy a farm or whatever. Um, all these fears and all these beliefs that come up when you are telling yourself the story of I can't, I shouldn't, I, I wouldn't, um, I must. Whatever your, your story is of, of what your life has to be like, the victim archetype, um, we have to inquire these ideas and look into them. Are they really true? Do they serve me? So how do I feel when I think this? Okay, maybe I feel bad. It makes me pain in my stomach. Um, it, it makes me pain in my head. I feel stressed. I feel pushed downward. Okay, so what is it doing to your energy levels? It's pushing them down, no question. What is it doing to your hormones? It's, it's pushing up cortisol and adrenal, uh, adrenaline. It's making you more stressed. It's pu pushing you in a sympathetic state. So yes, of course, with that state of mind, making changes are even more hard. Are even, even, um, the obstacles are even harder to overcome. But when we get into the sense of, okay, does it really serve me? No, it doesn't serve me. What could be the other belief? And that is the coin flip. The coin flip is to flip it around. Okay, I said the first belief was, um, my girlfriend is always angry with me. How could we flip that around? The positive would be, okay, my girlfriend is always beautiful to me and, and cares for me. Then we can inquire that one. Say, is it really true? And we look into our lives and into our relationship. We maybe see, yeah, actually, she's massaging me nearly every day. Um, she's writing me letters very often, making me present. She's cooking for me. She really shows me her love. 
maybe we find out that our belief was not so true as we thought. Maybe we find the middle way. Um, the other thing we can do in the coin flip is to flip to the potential. Let's say you are overweight. <clears throat> you weigh you weigh like 200 pounds. Uh, not 200 pounds. I'm too low. Let's say you weigh 250 pounds and you're a small woman normally. Okay, you're really overweight. And you look in the mirror and the belief comes up, oh, I'm so fat. Yeah, honestly, as a coach, I can't tell you to tell yourself I'm thin. That's bullshit. You shouldn't lie to yourself. I'm, I'm not the one for fake it till you make it. I don't like that. I'm for being honest and seeing the truth, um, but seeing the potential. And that's what we want to do. So we look in the mirror, the thoughts coming up, oh, I'm fat. You don't flip it around and say I'm thin, but you say you flip it around. You say I have the potential to do sports, to eat better and to lose a lot of weight and to look beautiful and to look great in the mirror. And I'm really excited for this and to get emotion into that. That's a much more empowering belief we can hold. That's, that's serving us much, much, much more in making changes than, than um, just staying with the negative belief. Why? Again, of course, it's putting us in a, in a um, sympathetic state. To, if, if the thought I'm fat comes through your head every time you see yourself in a mirror, you can't feel good about yourself. You can't feel beautiful. And if you can't feel good about yourself, if you can't love yourself, you can't do the things that represent love for yourself, which is, in the end, caring for yourself, which would mean eating better. You don't feel worth to even, even eat better if you always tell yourself you are fat, you are ugly, you're not worth it. Of course, you can't change. So I think the most important step to changes is really starting. As you said, it takes a lot of energy, but starting the process of working with one's own beliefs with one with one's own opinions about oneself and about others and relationships no it's, it's awesome it's like when you it's like when you're talking about that as well there's um there's a lot we talk about you just said oh my girlfriend etc does she she's always bad to me or or does she do things of love for me and what there's like everything you said there was brilliant but it just one thing i noted down there was you know if you heard that i think it's a book the four languages four languages of love Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, so like it's people. It's just why it's such a deep conversation because it's there's so many different ways to go with it. It's like a tree with a dozen branches, and it's like people need to understand like the way that I got taught to love, and the way that you got taught to love could be completely differently. So for example, there's always my mum was big into hugging. So like, so for example, I'm always like with my friends sometimes. I love them. I give them a cuddle, and they're like. I'll get off or whatever, I'm like, shut up. It's fine, yeah, because I'm, I, I feel it through like that. I'm, I'm quite touchy feel like that, you know, which other people might feel it through like being bought something or someone else, you know, might be taught just by being told, you know, there's different languages of love. It's something that people should look into. So a lot of times partners would be like, oh, he doesn't show me any love. It's like, well, what are you on about? I I, I, uh, I bought you some flowers. She's like, oh, well, that's not how I, it's why to, to do that like, agreements versus expectations as well. There's lots of things that we go into, but the language of love, it's like, well, how do you, how do you, couple should do with each other, how do you um, feel love? Like, what makes you feel loved? And I could write down, you know, well, every time you, when, when I make you dinner, you say, Ryan, that was gorgeous. Like, thank you very much for that. Or, you know, I, I realized that, like, for me, it could be putting your shoes all in a line or making sure your room was tidy. Or, you know, uh, whereas for you, it could be, well, I did something nice for you, so you bought me a dress, or you know, whatever it could be, or, or clothes. Or, and so these are these are different things that people go into. Four, I can't remember what the four languages were. There was, I think there was, there was, um, it was actions. I think there was money. I think there was speech. What was it? What was the other one? I can't remember the other one. 
Um, I think it was was in presence, so yeah. material yeah, material pre- actions more or less. Yeah. And then there was actions like physically, yeah, uh, having sex. Having sex, that's it. Yeah, yeah, having sex. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that was it. The having sex thing. And so, like, yeah, some people like that is like showing love or or whatever. And it's just it's an area that people need to. It's it, it once again it stopped living in this. This is why I love having my podcast. I get to speak to people like you. It's because I you get to talk to people that actually understand it. And hopefully by speaking like this, the reach will go out to more and more people. It's like the ripple effect. You know, you, you throw a stone in the pond and the ripple goes out. And so people can think, oh, maybe what? Maybe that's what I've been doing in my relationship. Maybe I've been thinking that she's not been giving me love because she's not been coming in the way that I think about love. But maybe she's been giving it to me in the other way or vice versa. Or like, what is, is all the things, the thoughts I've been talking about true this is like my legacy and your legacy you know to talk about these things to get people to understand like where love comes from and to understand like why are people actually doing these things and it's what i'm thinking right have a look at all different angles you know and it's but some people are so been so ingrained in this western society left brain logic sciences everything they don't i think it's where they don't they can't even break out of it it's, it can be like paradigm sh- shatter, shattering it can be like you know like smashing that paul talks about smashing the mirror and then walking out uh, people like doing dmt for example they go into this state and they smash the mirror they come out of the dream state and the mirror is still smashed or it can be very hard for them to put it back together you know so to tell someone that their religion's all bullshit when they've been living their life that whole time it can be like very hard to put those pieces back together for someone so you've got to do it bit by bit but and and if you're in a relationship with someone and you're doing all this work on yourself and you're looking at reading these books and doing self-help and doing it and, and they're not and they're just it's not over, into man. it it's over it is yeah. right it, and because you can't talk some people are just they just got no interest in it they're just they've been brought up and one of my friends is going through a situation like this right now and he's last four years been getting to lots of development, reading lots of things, understanding things differently and partner, not so much. And it's like, brother, you know, at what point do you stop flogging a dead horse? And it can be hard, especially when you've got kids involved, for some people. But like, you know, sometimes it's like, pff, you're just on two different journeys. And you said before, like, I'm in this because of the pain I went through for losing my best friend and being ill. And it was a rabbit hole, you know, you take the red pill, get down the rabbit hole, they show you how far uh, Wonderland goes, you know, and it's the same with you, right? And it, and it just goes deeper and deeper, and, and the more you get into it, the more you understand. It's It makes you want to be surrounded by people like yourself and, and other people in the journey, because they can understand when you, we do stuff, you know, the thing isn't always a thing. There's the reason behind it. The, the thing that comes up for me is, again, it's, and that's why we have to work on, on both ends. We have to burn the candle from both ends, in a sense. Um, we have to work with the psyche and with this stuff and personal inquiry. But I think that the reason why most people can't do this work is because they are too stressed in the end. They're, they're too physically exhausted and too stressed to be able to step outside of themselves and judge, not in a bad way, but judge and look at themselves and really think about, is what I'm doing right? Um, is this belief right? And the main reason this is, is, and that's a saying Paul, Paul Cech is always saying, is you don't throw a cartwheel running from a tiger. Um, when you're in a fight or flight state, when you're <laughs> in a, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. When, when, you, when you're in a stressed state, you're not in the position to step out of yourself because you're surviving. You have to just do what you have. You can't. You can't embrace new ideas. You're talking you about yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about like uh, the human brain, reptilian brain, mammalian brain sort of stuff. Yes. Yeah. 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 That gets activated, and and you just you just do things out of um, not only out of instinct, but also out of habit. So all the habits that you have, you just keep on going. You just keep on doing them. And I'm sure you know this with clients. When they get stressed, when they have maybe a stressful week or something, they come to you and they tell you, yeah, I ate again at my favorite fast food restaurant. I didn't thought about it. I just went there and just ate that shit. And afterwards I thought like, shit, what did I do? Yes, because you you just act out of habit when you're stressed. You just act out of instinct, out of your, your primal programming, be it from, from parents or whatever. You have no room and no space for development. Development, in a sense, or evolving means to grow out of oneself and to, to, to grow, just to grow, to become bigger, to become more, to, embra to embrace new things, new ideas, new beliefs. If you were raised as a fundamental Christian and there's a Buddhist coming, most, I say most, there are cool ones, but most are very, very close-minded to any other religion. They don't even want to talk about it. They don't even want to dis discuss ideas. They don't even want to talk about the symbolism of Jesus Christ, which Christ is not even the name, but okay. Um, it's the same with a lot of all these religions, mate. They just like, they switch off. This is, this is what like veganism is becoming. I don't even want to talk about it. But when you talk about, when, I, when I've had the clients talk about things and say we could go into this and that, it's like, oh, well, if it goes against my Christian beliefs, I can't do it. And it's like, well, at what point are they serving you? At what point are they not? It's, that's it, but to be able to embrace even that thought, that single thought, you have to be in a quiet, relaxed state. If, if you think, if, if you ask a vegan that question, or I do quite often, <laughs> um, if that question seems life-threatening for that person, he's not going to be willing or able to, to, to talk about it or even to think about it or to even embrace the idea. He's just going to completely cut off and don't even let it in. Um, and there's the big problem. So we have to produce a setting where people are, are willing or we ourselves are willing to go and to look into ourselves. This is the fourth, fourth question, again, of the shaman. Enjoying silence and getting silence into our lives. And that is why so many spiritual teachers um, talk about meditation, having a, a private space for yourself, a space for silence, having a certain time where you don't talk, you don't listen to anything, you just completely alone with yourself to have the time to do the work of Baron Katie or spirit, uh, personal development, to inquire about yourself, to inquire about your ideas, to, to, to grow and to embrace new things into your life, which could be serving you and to let go of, of thoughts or ideas which are not serving you. But if we are not doing this, um, we create problems also in relationships. Like you said, when, when we move into relationships, um, I also do, relationship coaching because because i like we said last time it's really hard to coach one like you said now if i take one guy and i or one woman i develop her and um we do personal development together and she's really developing herself um and growing i'm gonna ruin the the relationship so i need to get the other one in at least if if he's willing to do and if not they're gonna be a problem for sure mm -hmm. um so i love to do relationship coaching also between really good friends or business partners. Um, and when you do that, 
what I think most is astonishing is that people don't even know their own values. They don't even know what they want or what they need. I go into these questions, what do you need to be happy? What do you need to feel loved by your partner? And they go like, oh, uh, I'm not sure. And I'm like, how can you really wish your partner to make you happy if you don't even know it yourself how to be happy? That's not possible. It's not possible at all. If if you don't know if, if a hug of your partner is making you happy or a kiss or um, or a little present, a little gift or a love letter or if he cleans up the kitchen. Like you said, languages of love, there are so many different ways to express love. Um, and we all have different ones. We all saw different ones in our parents and grew up differently and express ourselves differently. But if we don't talk about what we want, and even worse, if we don't even know what we want ourselves, so we can't talk about, there, there can't be any growth. No, no growth together, no growth for ourselves. So it's really the legacy and build upon that the values and our chosen uh, chosen values that really determine the quality of our life to really look into ourselves what is it that we need and it's 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 quite simple stuff it's like how much time in nature do you need and i, I go pretty long on these questions with clients and have discussions and they they they, know, they never thought about these things most of them also people can feel guilty about being in nature because they're busy about actually working that's that's the main thing and that's where we again come into that's one thing I definitely want to share because it's a really good example. Um, I have a very beautiful client. I love him. Um, and, and we have this topic where um, he's identifying with, with um, a certain, certain mode of, of hustling and of working hard and being a really hard worker. Um, and, of course, that's what we were told. And I asked him, what does a, a really hardworking person, a really successful and hardworking person look like? Uh, and I don't know if you know Dan Pena. No, I don't know Dan Pena. No. No. He's a billionaire and really successful, but it doesn't matter. Look at most successful, hardworking people. They are freaking tired. They are tired. Gary V as well. Look at him. Gary V, yeah. I like think that. he looks tired all the time. All these hustling guys, they are tired. And I think, and that's what we were going into with, uh, with my client, I think that he started to identify with the idea that being successful in life means being tired. So he didn't allow himself to actually feel joy, to dance. He, that's what I, I was talking about, the identification. He identified, he wanted to identify with a successful person. But what a successful person represents in our culture is unhappy, unhealthy, stressed, chronic breathing pattern, uh, inhibited breathing pattern, um, very bad posture, Totally no free time, very bad family, bad relationships, and that's all unconscious programming. And that's included in the archetype of the successful guy today or the successful man. Um, and we take on this personality and I ask him, do you really need to feel stressed right now? No, not really. But why do you do? And how does it serve you again? How does this state, this feeling stress serve you? And we found out it serves him. By showing to the outside world and protecting, by showing, hey, I'm working so hard, it, it's giving him a sense of worth, more or less. Mm -hmm. um, so this is re really, really, really important, I think, to look into healing, not in a sense of what is wrong, but more into how is your identity formed into this? How is it a part of you and how can we get it out and how can we get let go of it? 
what's the root? Where's the root? The root is I don't feel, feel worthy, so I want to be successful. Okay, I want to be successful. How do successful people look? How do I get successful? Oh, by being stressed, by being always hustling, always working, um, doing 12 hours a day, no, 15 hours a day. Whoever is like that, all the marketing guys, or most of them are like that. Yeah, uh, they, they say that success leads clues, but like, what, what is your, like a lot of people I know that's successful have done it all, but they're, they've got no life balance and they've got no, so I always look at the people and go, oh, he's happy, he's healthy, he's got good business, he's got good wife, he's, and he's throwing something nature. How can you do that? Because it is possible. Someone like Paul Check, for example, got a thriving business, he looks good. Yeah. Got, and so like, and so you look at people and you think, oh, it is possible because it's just, it also, if, if I'm, if we, as coaches, if we're promoting this and we're looking terrible and we're not doing these things ourselves, you know, what does that tell our clients? You know, we're just, we're just living a myth. We're not doing these things properly. We're not able to, to you know, so if I feel tired in the afternoon, I'll have a nap. I'll have a half an hour nap and it can give me the energy I need to do these things. Or, or for example, I've built that life around what does success look like to me? Well, it's having the freedom to do certain things and obviously building a business around that. But being able to get up in the morning and go to the gym, you know, and, and to take care of myself there, being able to buy the food that I, I want, being able to have time with my friends and family, being able to have a few hours in the afternoon to speak to someone like yourself, you know, having these conversations to, to do that, to put it out in the world. And it's the same as like, what does a successful relationship look like to me? Well, to have a love with someone, to do, be able to, to, to enjoy their company, be able to obviously have sexual things that are uh, really important too. But also, you talked about uh, relationships and and, and things there, you know, going into a relationship, your eyes wide shut, you know, have you had a discussion about vaccines with your, with your partner? Have you had a relationship with like, um, what, what, um, what's important in terms of, um, in terms of like organic food or exercise or, you know, how are you going to treat your kid if something happens, uh, illness wise, you know, would you believe in, in, in modern medicine or are you more into, into, um, alternative, or I should say, you know, you know, alternative medicine, even though it was around for years before, natural healing and nature. Mm. Do you believe in these things, self-development? How important is time with your family to you, you know? And this is why it's like, even when you look at the other side of the argument, for example, there's people like screaming about Donald Trump and shouting him down. It's like, well, a lot of these, you go on YouTube, you see people go and interview them and say, and they say, oh, so why don't you like Trump? They put the mic there. Oh, he's a racist, he's a fascist. Okay, can you tell me one thing that he said that uh, proves he's a racist? And they put a mic there. Like, well, I don't know. He's just he just is. You might, what do you mean? Can you not? And it's like you don't actually. They're just jumping on the bandwagon. It's like okay, even as you said, I look at the other side of the argument. What is that? Someone saying that could be right, could be correct. Can we have? We've almost lost our ability to debate people. Can we sit there and have a discussion? Stephen Crowder does a great thing where he, he goes. They didn't like him for a lot of people didn't like him because it was bringing the debate and he would debate people. He has a, a thing where he go to university and he'll say, "White privilege is a myth. Change my mind." And he'll sit there with a microphone, and people come in, they discuss it, and they have a debate. And I've never seen him lose a debate because he's got facts and figures. But because there's so much propaganda, so much say quote unquote fake news out there, where well, it is fake news, not even quote unquote, people buy into these myths, and it's like. They haven't done the work. They haven't done the research. They listen to the clickbait. And it's the same with a lot of these things, you know, um, about vaccines. Oh, you're misinformation. Dale Bigtree did a great one the other day, a 15-minute interview. And he said, it's not misinformation. It's misinformation. Or it's like, if you look at the the amount of skullduggery that goes on by these companies, you know, but are you with someone that is able to look into that and look into the research and open their mind? Or are they going to be completely blinkered to believe in what they've always believed or been taught, you know? 
It's like we get taught history at school, um, but we only get taught the history. We only get we only learn from the books that we get told to look into, right? So history written is written by the winners. Germans, for example, um, you get told like you almost got to feel embarrassed about the Second World War, um, and it's about the Holocaust. There's certain things about that you can't you deniers get put into jail you can't deny the holocaust the only holocaust in in the world there's loads of holocaust that happen but it's the only one um legally that you can't deny um and there's there's a great documentary out there called um the greatest story never told which goes into adolf hitler and if you look into certain things and you find probably the truth somewhere in the middle ground not saying jewish people weren't killed but the numbers were it's it's like it's, it goes into like lots of different things about it. there's lots of different you can tell Mao's china and you look into stalin's right it's like people always throw around the word nazi oh he's a nazi i'm like ever looked into why does stalin never get brought up you know there's these things like i don't know if people haven't done the work on it or looked into it or like Mao or um or, or Paul Potts uh, and these things and it, it's just like for me these things these are big conversations but they're ugly conversations to have sometimes but they're conversations where we need to understand how much work have you done on this and people like to have a surface knowledge of topics they don't like to go deeper into it because it as you said it's a shadow self where it touches on ugly topics it's like um, I think Jordan Peterson brought up unit I think it's unit 731 Japanese have you heard about this? No what is it? Unit seven three one. So it's the it, Imperial Japanese. So they it got told. Um, I think they hid it under like hid it under um, disguise as like um, I can't remember what, a water sanitation company. I think it was there. It might be something else. But unit. I think it's unit seven three one. Look it up when you when you go off. It's about all the experiments the Japanese were doing on a lot of them were Chinese um, prisoners of war and other prisoners of war, and they were literally. Um, things that they were performing on these what humans could do to other humans in the name of like um, in the name of um, modern medicine or seeing what warfare they could do that they would chop off limbs and, and, and sew them onto other parts of the body to see if they would live there or they would give these people bubonic plague and to see if they were how long they'd survive or they'd, oh, they'd, or they'd, or they'd open it yeah this is like unit 731 Jordan Peterson talks about it and he says you think that you think that everyone's good Look at what these people did. And he said, when you look at history, you think, oh, I'd be the good person. I wouldn't be a Nazi. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. How many people went against the Nazis? And did they live very long? Or would you be someone that goes along with it? And this is what they're saying. You know, how much of this work have you done on yourself? Like how much? It's like me and you right now. We're going against the mainstream. You know, We could easily be deplatformed. Um, we're sticking our neck out there. A lot of people like get big at doing this, like, like Paul Checker. How he hasn't been assassinated <laughs> yet? No, 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 no. You talk about a lot of things that go on. How strong you know, the man who stands for nothing will fall for anything. And this is like, how much this work have you been willing to do? I've got lots of friends. You know, they they live in England and they're very, very left wing, and they say this stuff. I'm like, boys, you haven't done the other work. You you haven't looked at both sides of the argument. You haven't seen the other sides of the argument. You haven't you haven't. De- Why would someone hold these? opposing views to you look into their life look into what happened to them um it's the same as like i think that it's, it's really important to to know your argument you've got to look at the other side of the argument to see where they're coming from or to understand it's the best phrase i think it's sun Tzu. it's like to know your enemy you've got to know your enemy you know um to, to see where they're coming from or to understand why what why happens and a lot of people aren't willing to do that work and i think it's really really important but yeah have a look into that unit seven seven three one there's some of the things that they were doing there you know there's they'd get weapons and they would have like cannon fodder to see how these weapons would work best and they're just these are, these are just lives you know these are human life meant nothing to people 
because um, someone said to um, Jordan Peterson the other day, he said, "Why?" Uh, it was on a panel, and, and they said, "Oh, human life is is like really, it's really important. There's nothing more important than human life." You know, everyone everyone values human life, and it's like, well, not so much in certain certain situations. These communist countries, socialists, you know, hundred million dead. How many? Bulgaria, six six million dead. Yes, Russia, yes. and it's like so. You, you've got to understand these point of views and you've got to understand when you start taking away free speech or like deplatforming natural news, where's that go? What's the, he says, well, I was very different to saying taking away natural news and then Mao's China or Stalin's Russia. He goes, well, that's where it starts. When does it end? And that, this is the thing and people need to do this work and understand. I think it goes deep and there's far too much at the moment of moral posturing and virtual signaling and not doing the deep work that understands the community and looking at different views because I think we're in that society now where everyone wants to be like um, what did he what did he say the other, the other the other day it was a great great statement it was about um, about moral about about moral posturing or about um, I was trying to find the uh, the the quote that it was because it was a really really interesting one it was more about like trying to just people just trying to po- posture. Um, for like looking good in front of their friends and looking good in front mm. of the family or like to the more rather than actually holding a belief it's easy to just just, just go with like um what the what the majority says you know the herd and just to so look good thing. rather than actually going and doing the real fucking work and uh, i think it's really important um yeah i'll try and find it for you if i can and that's 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 really again the the identity trap that i've been talking about um you you try to build an ego or you try to build an, uh, an, a picture of yourself or personality, which you try to build through looking at other people's opinions. And oftentimes in people that is even fluid, like you say, you, you're with your boss in, in where you work, you behave completely different than when you're with your mother or with, when you're with your spouse. You have many, many completely different roles. Many different There's parts. no authenticity. Yeah, you don't have your own values because you never looked into your own values. You only look to the outside. You only look to the to the morals or to the virtues and values of others, and you try to to be fluid and just to to always get uh, take on the values that they have, so you never get into trouble. But that's where the real trouble starts because you lose yourself, you lose your identity. Identity. The mirror cracks, like you've you've said, right. um, and unconsciously, of course, it makes you unhappy. It's uh, what you said there. It's it, it's awesome. Uh, I, I'm just trying to find this quote for you, but it's um, it's it's so true. I know so many people like that in my life who wear a different mask for different situations, and I'm always like, where where do you actually stand on this? Or like, do you have a view, or are you just are you just like I said before? Like, are you are you just like a, a comedian? Like, I I love people that are a bit different or hold their views and I don't care if someone disagrees with me if they've got a reason we can talk about it I find it like awesome I love people like that I love people that push boundaries or people that are just willing to speak the truth what they think is their the truth I know what my truth is, but if you come up with facts and figures and if people that aren't willing to bend and to say me and you talked about something and then you brought up something and I was like oh actually okay maybe that's changed my mind it's changed my opinion 100% I've done that throughout this and as a coach i i 100 hold that uh, that um 
uh, value of like, yeah, if new research comes out, I'll change my mind. Or if you say something to me that changes my opinion, that's happened a lot. You know, I've, even th- about religion in the last, listening to Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris and a few of them talk, I've, I've changed from being like completely like, mm, it's very stifling to, well, actually there is some things that are good in it. And, and it's like, um, we need to understand it. What what was this quote? One second. I really want to hear what, what, what it's moral posturing. It was like, I think I've got it here. If I can't, I'll put it up in the thing. But it's like, um, it's really important. So many people, they, they don't seem to have... Well, to be fair, there's so much information out there today. People don't know where to turn. So they don't know what the truth is. But, you know, that's why you said read everything. As Paul said, you know, don't just listen to me. Read everything and come to your own conclusions. But I don't think there's many people reading everything. I think they're just picking up clips or sound bites or listening to other people and not having their own opinion and it just leads to an echo chamber and that echo chamber can be very very dangerous you know because it's just like oh he's wrong anyone who disagrees with me is a fascist is a nazi is a racist is an ideologue whatever it is it's like well how about we have a discussion and we dig into what's going on um because there's some very deep issues that i think people need to need to need to dig into that they that is they just don't want to touch um and oh here here it was at facebook because you know crossfit come off of facebook um because yeah so they come off of facebook because facebook deleted one of their groups um because they were talking about eating paleo and eating high basically going against like the high carb diet oh wow right kidding me man so 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 yeah so CrossFit are probably more in line. That's crazy. CrossFit are more probably more into line the way we sort of. It'd be differences. I mean, we probably talk about fermented foods, or we probably talk about you know like gut microbiome and having fruit, and we're not like oh I've got. I mean, some of my mates were saying I'm eating paleo. They're sitting there eating cocktail sausages. I'm like, mate, you're not you're not eating paleo. That's garbage. But you know, in terms of if you're eating organic paleo, if you're eating, you know, anyway, it's more along the lines of how we should be eating than the traditional food pyramid. And Facebook removed one of their groups for it. And it later on got reinstated, but CrossFit put a press release out. I'll take you in my, um, I did a big article on it. Uh, and I was like, this is why a lot of them are coming out of these groups and natural news is where they put, they, they're going to try and get on different um, platforms because they, because Patreon um, demonetized Jordan Peterson, they demonetized Sam Harris. And they're like, what, because our opinions and our views don't go in line with you? Anyway, so what was um, John Peterson said, like, like uh, this, because um, I always say that free speech isn't there to protect un- uh, popular speech. Free speech is there to protect unpopular speech. Like, I might disagree with you, but I, I by, by, by hold, like, I, I, by Jove, I really um, respect your right to say it. Um, because, you know, it wasn't popular speech to say that... Um, it was popular speech to have segregation. It wasn't popular from what Martin um, Luther King was saying and all these other things that have come in, you know? Um, so yeah, um, people say that for the great, what, what was, what was the crowd we're trying to get here, mate? It was, uh, all right, it's this, it's like the moral posturing. What is it? Let's be clear. Da, 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 da. But it's, I think it's quite um, an interesting point because people like if CrossFit are coming off there. I mean, CrossFit's big, you know, and for them to do that, um, it's 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 like it shows how big a thing is. Natural News has gone three million followers on that. Um, it's 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 really crazy. I mean, it's it's scary, and I think it's it's just collectively showing which is our individual problems. 
uh, in the main sense, as we avoid inquiring opinions that are different from our old opinions or our, our uh, actual move that we have now. So in, in my belief, spiritual development, personal development and, and growing as a human being means to stay open and to be open to new possibilities and new beliefs. And just putting something off of Facebook or closing a group or even Bext, the Bext website had problems, I think, mm. being put down. Just shows collectively which is our fear. Our fear, our ego has fear to die or parts of ourselves don't want to go away. Um, we want to stay the same way you are. Maybe you know the saying, oh, just stay as you are. I love mm. you. Happy birthday. Stay as you are. Mm. I always think, no, man, I won't stay as I am. Hopefully not. <laughs> no, there was a I Yeah, I put up a, uh, a post about that the other day. It was well. It was like a picture of a of a butterfly talking to a caterpillar, and the caterpillar said, "You've changed," and the butterfly says, "We're supposed to." Oh, that's great. And, 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 and so this this is what the quote. It was a quote: um, um, "Political correctness, which is best described as the elevation of moral posturing over truth." So it's like, oh, morally I'm superior. Yeah, but that's not the truth. You know, you can seem to be morally correct, but yeah, but that's not the truth. The facts and the figures show that you're wrong. Yeah, but I've got the moral high ground. No, you haven't. You're just a fucking idiot. And that's what that's what, what winds me up. It's like let's have a conversation about it. Come to me and we talk about it. And and if you can if you can, it's like I'm open to having my mind changed, but only by by the correct stuff. And this is as you said, people are holding on to it. And why are they taking down vaxxed? Oh, it's misinformation. No. It, um, as Del Bigtree said, he said, I've been to the Supreme Court and I just won two cases for like millions of pounds. Um, I wouldn't be able to win those cases with misinformation, would I, at yeah. the Supreme Court? Looking into peer reviewed research by the CDC and all else, like these are peer reviewed research journals that are in the American Journal Association, etc. You can look at these things, Medical Association, you can look at these up. I'm not cut, so in Jason, you know Jason Christoph at all? Christoph who? Jason Christoph. He's a no, he's no, another he's absolutely. another he's another checky. Uh, he goes in deep and he's like a big truth. He okay, goes cool. into it and he's got some good articles. You should link up with him on on Facebook. He's um got some good articles and I've got I've got some um uh, some of the things I've got like when people say stuff about vaccines, I'm like like here's seventy four uh, uh, peer reviewed research that shows linking vaccines to all sorts of problems. Read them and I've got another seventy four for you. Read them and I've got it's like. How much information do you want, you know? And at what point is it not a gamble? Oh, we don't want these diseases to come back. And he goes into like theories about how polio was actually started and about etc. But it's like the Red Cross used to use homeopathic remedies until they were bought out. And a lot of these things, you know, it's like so. I'm not against having things injected in me. Like I will go and have a an IV drip full of like vitamin C and, and B12. I mean, I'll have, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not against yeah. these things. I'm against mm. being injected with toxins and mercury and heavy metals and etc. Like I'm not against being injected with things for health. I'm against things being injected in me that's going to destroy my health. You know, um, I use a biological doctor. When, when people go to him, he like picks up all these viruses, vaccines, like chicken pox virus and things that have been injected. And he's like, this is impairing your immune system. We can do this in a different way because homeopathic remedies like they work on the same premise of a vaccine, you know, giving your body a little bit of the, of the of the disease or the virus to build up that immune response. But they're not doing it with formaldehyde and mercury and aluminium and aborted fetal cells. One of the Trump put out the other day, Trump, he stopped the research on on aborted fetal cells because they're using mm-hmm. like babe babe. Like you look into some of the things that they're doing to babies and they're taking babies off women and they're saying, "Oh, your child's dead," and they're put, 
they're taking these these babies and using them in like a vaccines it's it's quite a scary thing um you know you go into like <laughs> so some of the research people don't want to touch on because it's quite a scary topic but it's i mean all this needs to be people need to go deeper and stop watching shitty tv and start learning what's going on and you know as you said before people are constantly in their um constantly in their sympathetic nervous system because they're watching crap eating crap and then they're arguing about points that I don't really have any idea on because they've been like brainwashed into thinking that everything's backwards. Does that make sense? It's almost like black's white and white's black. Definitely. And it it is it, it is really important to me to to note that um, <laughs> we're talking about all these topics and how important it is, but the main thing is still don't stress about it. Yeah, yeah. You're already way much. I'm stressed. stressed so- yeah, I'm stressed talking about it. So yeah, that's it. So so give yourself love, and not you, general, but everybody. Give yourself love, and mm. and it's freaking hard to do this work, and it's it's mm. freaking painful, and it's it's really strange. And same with plant medicine journeys. It's not fun. It's you look into your psyche. Be it meditation. Also, meditation is not always fun. It's not always great. Sometimes you you see some shit um, you did in a relationship. Sometimes you see you are not doing the work like baron katie and flipping the coin and saying hey maybe maybe my girlfriend isn't the problem maybe i'm the asshole maybe, I'm the problem, maybe yeah. i am angry yeah it's, it's it's really hard to do it's not easy and yeah. it's painful yeah um so i want to encourage everybody that it's really a long process and that it's also encourage people to 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 get a coach and to to get help and to reach out to other people um to to listen to podcasts really get into touch and and um don't go through this path alone because it's really not easy um like you said last time even coaches need coaches even i take coaching um i think it's really important to to keep on going because the moment you uh, you start to think you're finished is the moment where you stop being spiritual again spiritual is an evolution a never-ending evolution in my opinion personal growth is and personal development however you want to call that kaizen right Um, yeah, Kaizen. You, you never uh, you you never stop growing, or you never stop um, renewing yourself mm. in a sense, like a phoenix. Okay, you grow to the next stage, you die again. Again, another layer falls down, and a new one comes. And we need to go with the flow, and, and need to come, keep it going. And the the best sign to see if you're stagnating, um, or if you're not developing anymore, is to look at your life. If it's always the same, if it's like Groundhog Day. Pretty simple. You're not evolving. Nothing is changing. Change is, is so important. Um, that's why why my mission statement is to help people um, live and express the highest potential and the never-ending flow of change. The never-ending right. flow of change is, is ever-present. If, and if we don't embrace it and if we fight against it and try to stay the same, try to stay with our identity that we build for ourselves, um, for others in the, in the end, um, we got big, big trouble. No, I think that's that's awesome, man. And I, I completely agree. It's like you've got to keep on. It's evolving. It's changing. It's it's like um, change is inevitable. Growth is optional. Um, Definitely. And I think that and that's a huge part of it. And that's the thing as you go through all this. It's very important to have coaches. That's why all my coaches as well. Whenever whatever I'm into, like um, whether talking to you or talking to my movement coach or my business coach or my Mai Tai coach, they're all into the same sort of stuff because they're all on that journey. And I think it's. So important to have a coach who's into it, and also by having a coach, you're you're surrounding yourself by one with one more person 
that's on a journey that's going to bring you up. You know, you're, you're surrounding yourself with higher vibrational people. It's why I love following like guys like you on, on Instagram, whatever. I always look at your stories because it's almost like it just gives you that little, oh, uh, well, Nico's doing this or like Jack's doing that. And it's like, or Mike Salimi's doing this. You know, it's like, cool. You see what you're doing and they're on that same journey. And it gives you that, that right. Yeah, it's cool. Like we're all, all moving forward. And it's, it's nice to see. <clears throat> One of the best things as well, I always tell people, uh, especially when they're my clients or even just friends, and it's like, stop worrying about what everyone else is doing. Just concentrate on you. In terms of when I'm looking at you doing this stuff, I'm not jealous. I'm happy for you. But people get like, very jealous in life uh, in like the Western world about, oh, he's got more than me. It's like, as soon as you stop worrying about everyone else and concentrate on yourself and you're happy for them, it's amazing what happens, you know, um, because it's like you'll stop that, that quote, stop comparing your your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 30. You know, you don't know where you are and it's everything for a reason. And as you said, people talk about the truth and my truth. I don't generally like that thing of like, it's my truth. You know, there's a truth generally and there's like my truth, but sort of different. It's like my journey. There's a truth and there's my journey. As you said there with like, um, um, about, about how things can, how you can take things. Um, what were you talking about? You said, um, whether it being um, like the world, universe, everything for a reason. If it works for you and you can buy into that, not woo-woo stuff, but, oh, it's happening for a reason, if that gives you your life meaning, then why not use it? And I think it's it's really important. Mm. And, and surrounding yourself with people that are on that same path, I think it is huge. And having coaches that will do that for you, I mean, um, even like this conversation right now, you know, we, the first time we, we, we've did these past stuff on Instagram, etc., but... We've been talking now, I think today, for more than two hours. And mm-hmm. it's easy to do that with people that are on the same journey as you. Because you, you can feel that it's, connection. It's really joyful. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, for me, it's really joyful. You know, It's beautiful because you, you stop feeling alone in the universe. You see, okay, yeah, I'm different. I'm doing a lot of work for myself. But like you say, you see guys like Mike Salami, I see you, and we connect all. And it's really beautiful. And that's why I'm saying to everybody listening, um, Connect, get into contact, get coaches, get do go on retreats, meet people that that have the same the same uh, purposes, same mission. Be only the legacy of personal growth and personal development. There are not a lot of people working in this way with themselves. There are not a lot of people on this journey because yes, it's hard and it's painful and it sucks sometimes um, to go be beyond oneself. But connect with others, and and the journey of others can definitely help you to yeah. see it. Hundred percent, mate. I think it's awesome. I think that's a that's a great way to uh, to finish it, my man. Nico, absolutely awesome. Um, just what is it? www.pranaalchemy.com. Yes, uh, prana-alchemy.com. Alchemy.com. Absolutely brilliant, my man. Um, thank you for coming on. It's been a great conversation, and I'm sure we'll uh, have another one soon. Thank you, brother. So there you have it. What a great conversation with Nico Becker. One of my favorite conversations I've had. It was just real pleasure talking to him. He's got a great energy about him. He just wants to see everyone happy and healthy like all of us do in this game. But he's just got a great presence. And it was a really fantastic conversation. Touched on lots of really, really important topics. Especially, you know, around legacies, passions, around, you know, past traumas, um, religion, the West and the East and, and values. I think it's so, so important. Things that... People often neglect, you know, we do a lot of work on nutrition and mindset in our programs and sometimes people I feel like they don't put enough into the mental and emotional side of things. It's huge. What you're consuming as well, who you're listening to, you're giving your energy to. And the four shamanic questions, you know, um, when when did you stop enjoying music and dancing? When did you stop 
wondering about the universe, <clears throat> excuse me, and like being alone in silence. And when you do stop enjoying the time with yourself, you know, uh, basically, it's like when you do stop enjoying the time with yourself. And, and you know, this really important questions to go through. Um, and so, yeah, awesome conversation with Nico. Definitely be getting him back on the show. Um, and for all of you out there that are dealing with a health issue, if you're looking for some help because you've been knocking on all the doors and trying different things and nothing's been working and you're looking for someone to help you through your chronic health issue, then the best thing to do is send me an email at ryan at reviveyourself.co or you can go to www.reviveyourself.co and hit the contact tab, send me a message and I'll be in touch as soon as possible. Otherwise, guys and girls, that's it for this episode. As always, stay happy, stay healthy, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. If you're struggling with gut issues, such as gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, indigestion, heartburn, and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects, then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of The Healing Health Paradigm today. 